This is Darren Kimball from Lucky Lake, Saskatchewan. I'm on the Monday Nooner, and I do not remember my co-op number. Here's Kimball and Probert. And are they going to go? Yes, yes, they are. This is interesting. Interesting, my friend. Look, look out. Oh, look out, look out, look out. He's going to hurt him if he don't break it up. They better get in there now. Probert has in the early edge with a couple oh. of good right hands. Oh. Now a left and a right, and Kimball is dazed. He's trying to and what a slugfest this is. Brinson and Kimball. Brinson throws a right. Another right. Now Kimball, oh, he knocked Brinson down with two right hands. And down goes Brinson. Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 94 of the Monday Nooner podcast. The pod, as always, brought to you by our two title sponsors in Rosetown, Saskatchewan. That would be Mainline GM and Mainline Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. I know they've got a bunch of new inventory just pulled into the lot out at Mainline Chrysler in Rosetown. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but introduce the guys and get her going here high and tight on twirl 94. It's a new year. How's everybody doing? Feeling good? 2022? New year, new me, Buzz. Yeah, I'm still fat, though, but uh, yeah, no ready to rock and roll. Got some good japping coming up. Got a good tirade. I got a good take a seat. Clean. I won't double. I'm not going to talk about crosswalk guy this week, so uh, I'm ready to go. Hey, speaking of Rosetown Mainline, Shane, you've been wanting to, you've been waiting for this day. And it happened six days ago. You were waiting for this day for about two months. They finally yes. gave they finally gave away that bike. I did. I boss or boss or you somebody tagged me in that, and I did see that. And uh, yeah, awesome. Looks like that guy's gonna be buzzing around Rosetown. I'm I'm guessing is that where he's from? I didn't even look where he's I from. I don't know. Tom Jerica is his last name. Jerica. 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 Do you know him? Sounds like a bigger Saskatchewan name, to be honest with you. Oh, maybe send uh, Tom could send us a picture riding that thing. We will send him uh, send him a shirt. Straight, See Tommy out on the bike. Straight brake torques in front of the fucking bigger <laughs> tavern some, this summer. Some I actually, uh, I stopped. Main. I stopped in out there at the King of Trucks there last week. Saw Scotty and the crew, Keegan, and uh, yeah, I was on my way back to Regina. I did a little detour, stopped in at the King of Trucks. Yeah, so we'll talk about them a little bit more a little bit later on. Hey, saw Scotty's treasure trail. Yeah, thank God that's over too. No more talk <laughs> of uh, Scotty's treasure trail and a new promotion coming up in the new that, year. We'll probably tell you about that next week. That does look like, that does look like a sweet bike. That's not exactly what I I had no idea what it was going to look like. So it's like a mountain bike with a little uh, motor. Maybe I've just been living under a rock. Night, good on. Somebody the, was uh, telling Rose me about Town. those. You got like good on the Rosetown boys for uh, he bought a 2018 Silverado from Bob Clothier. Claudier, something like that. But anyway, yeah. So I want to see. Sounds Tom. like an Elrose name. <laughs> I want to see Tom. <laughs> Here's a better thing. We want a picture of Tom doubling someone in that this summer on the handlebars or behind <laughs> in a basket. It's Back actually car. a nice because I think you can pedal or use the motor, right? So when you pedal, does it charge it? I don't know. That's it. That that that. So we need really, Tom. We have to get Tom on the show. That's a good. 
question but that is uh going back to the doubling thing you guys might have seen it i don't know but it's like a it's a it's a west side saskatoon skill where guys used to be able to double people on their handlebars of their 10 speeds just ripping down like 22nd or 20th or whatever it, it should be an olympic sport <laughs> to be I honest can. with you a two-man 10-speed. <laughs> and you got to lean if you're on the front. Like, you have to be on the curves or it's not good. On there's some of those fucking hills as a kid, you'd see them flying down and be like, this can't end. This can't end. Well, hills they're have gonna, eyes. They're going to go head first into the O and O drive. Hills have hills. Uh, yeah. That's oh, awesome. it's amazing. Off the rails already. Here we go. Off to a rip-roaring start here. Love it. Last show recap? Sure. Yeah, so last show recap, I really don't remember it. I know we had uh, yeah some senior talk and all that. So I'll uh, yeah maybe did we mail it in? Is it failed? Did Mydale? I think Mydale won a game then too. They were all jacked up tweeting about it. I think we had Paco on. We had Babs on on from Global Egg Risk. Isn't that the sponsor of the last show recap? Global Egg Risk Solution. Yeah, insurance like no other, boss. Yeah, that's right. Works as hard as you do. I like it. Yeah, no, Babs an absolute beauty. And he was good. He gave us some uh, some good info. And Paco, as always, yeah, was japping with the fellas. Seen him the other day. Had uh, because we didn't really have a beer with him, but we seen him. Got him a got him a little. Oh, Paco his... Paco doesn't drink the alcohol. That's right. Well, he could come have a coffee or a water with us. Well, we have the alcohol. And anyway, yeah, we gave him a gave him a toque. Keep his lid warm. So I really look forward to. Uh... I know this doesn't necessarily fit into last show recap. We'll have to get him back on again soon because I think the provincial senior hockey bracket should be out like as early as next week from what my sources are uh, telling me. Middle of January is kind of what I heard. So, yeah, going to be lots of hockey talk and we'll have Paco back on again soon, I'm sure. Place your bets. Place your bets at the nooner.com. You is that you guys I was talking to about a bracket challenge? Oh, It'd be kind of fun. Hey, everybody fills out a bracket, A, B, C, D. Winner gets a... Uh, Josh Miller would Duke. be able to uh, to talk on this, but Snipe used to do an A. It was yeah. a senior A, and he, he would send it out to people, and I think it was like 10 or 20 bucks to go in. And it was popular, very popular. Be fun. Okay. Yeah, we'll have up. to do something, but do, do all the divisions. Might just be a bookie. Might just be an underground senior hockey bookie. Just the underbelly of the senior you know hockey what? show. I've been kind of, uh, on that note, I've been kind of bookying for the Western League. <laughs> There's some places you can find the Western League. Brian, you see a backup, couple backup goalies right after Christmas. <laughs> hammer the over. Like the Pats-Warriors game. That wasn't necessarily because of the goalies, but hammered the over there. It was a early cash out. Love to see it. That's uh, yeah. Let's just wrap that all up into uh, global ag risk solutions insurance, like no other. Thanks to them uh, for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, what'd you guys think about the World Juniors getting canceled? Uh, wow. You really have any comments on it? like it's a joke, right? We talked about it. I mean, old transformer Omicron comes in and he's shutting the whole world down again when no one's even ended up in the hospital. So don't get me started. But yeah. Really unfortunate. I feel bad for those kids. I mean, Bedard just come off a four uh, four goal game, which you know, then he comes here and gets another four goal game. But would have been nice to see him stay there, see the value of his hockey cards go up for me in the old collectible segment. I think, I think part of the Bach has to kind of fall on the organizers. Like they had it last year. Yeah, 
like I don't I don't think they were prepared for the potential of, of this to happen. Like Buddy was saying to me, like they rented out half a hotel for the one pool and then another half of a hotel for the other pool. It's like, why not just book the whole hotel? Yeah. Don't let anybody else in. Like, I think they kind of dropped the ball on a plan. Like, obviously I think it's a joke, but I don't know if they had the right plan in place. I feel, th- I feel really bad for the kids. What it's not my cup of tea, that tournament anyway, but for the kids, yada, yada, yada. But what about like all the caterers that brought in extra food, extra staff, the the, the shuttle drivers that had work that week or people the that hotels. had the hotels that I know some people that had got canceled their hotels. Like, you know, there's people that were called in f- expecting to work and maybe get a paycheck or, or and, and now oh, it's unfortunate, like just how deep it would it would go from possibly piss poor planning. Do you think that a portion of this is coming from the backlash from like pre-tournament canceling the women's U18? No. Like they took a lot of heat for that. I don't. No. I, th- I think that's absolutely ridiculous that they canceled that. Yeah. Like, give your fucking head a shake. What year is it? Like just because they've been one of the dollars that TSN blows a stupid junior tournament out of proportion and rubs it in everyone's face. But just because the women don't have that, you can't have their tournament? Like that's what like this, this isn't 19 freaking 72 it's too bad that someone else couldn't just like take that over right and just do it i don't know sounds like the united states bit. like how what it's gonna do now from the last i heard is like the states has said they will take on the tournament like it's up to another group organizing group to take it on and it sounds like it could happen in the states but oh wow even the juniors i think what i heard is the reason they canceled is because once there's so many canceled games or teams that can't play, it can no longer be a world championship event. Yeah. Like, I mean, at that point there's a huge asterisk anyways, when there's how many games canceled, like by that point it was too late with that, with that said, and with what we've been living through the last two years, couldn't you pivot on that? Couldn't you change it and be like, yeah, you know what? We're going to run with five teams because they're the best five teams. And right. we're going to give it out a but championship. What if they're not the best five teams? Well, then what if Canada got two I, cases, and again, you know what I mean. Then you, then, then you kind of pivot again, and you make a decision. I don't know why everything is so set in stone. Like it's, you know, like like the freaking it's on the Bill of Rights and Freedoms. It's not just, well, just said, a hockey tournament. Yeah, they said from the rules they had in place. Had they not canceled that day, there would have been three more games canceled the next day. Like it was. Oh, and refs because of more positive cases and but why not ref- put them in their own hotel test them when they get there and don't test them again until the tournament's over unless ref- you show symptoms refs uh refs were an issue too and you know minor officials and all that but yeah they should <laughs> it was set up so bad like hard and to that's believe. on from what i understand hockey canada and the oilers as much as anybody like not necessarily the IIHF, but Hockey Canada and the Oilers were the ones that put the plan together. Allegedly. Well, Hockey Canada also thinks that Novice should be playing half ice, so let's just leave it at that. Bunch of pigeons. Oh my Oh Barry's gonna Oh get don't hear me. That's that's my <laughs> that's when I take a seat. This, this is gonna is, tie into the tirade. I'll, There's a big good tirade. I think coming. I'll wait I'll save that for the for the take a seat. But anyway, yeah. It, and then did you guys did you guys uh, talk to anyone that went to the games. Yeah, uh, one of Sam's buddies was at the last game when Bedard got the four goals. You couldn't eat or you couldn't drink, yeah. and couldn't, that like but, move basically. But someone said there was like a door you could go through. 
I think it was for sponsors or something. And then there was like a full buffet <laughs> like for some people. Was, some people can. What? You get duct tape to your chair. I was just upset that one of the guys that won our wagon shirt on Instagram gave two out on Instagram. Those two guys were going to be going to the game the day it got canceled. Uh, they were going to be like sitting front row with their wagon shirts. Would have been some exposure for the nooner. Might have got him a couple toques as well. We were going to get uh, TSN primetime, but not to be. Uh, yeah, well, unfortunate, but uh, it is what it is. Glad to have Bedard back in Regina. And uh, you went to the game the other day, Barn. I heard it was awesome from guys uh, on Twitter. I mean, yeah. Dallas Dallas folk is definitely going to be over there aerating Bedard's billets lawns this summer for sure. His parents. So, uh, yeah. I've his seen parents him. live here. Lives with his oh, parents. There you yep. go. I've seen him play twice. And the first game, it was early in the year, and I wasn't impressed at all. And then that game at 16 to you – know, like he's not um, – I don't know how you would explain him, right? Like he, he can he can get it going so quick. And then yeah. his shot – and then he actually pulled some moves, you know, like, like dangles. Oh, it was – and people are like – I was talking to a guy beside me. It's like you have to remember that this is 16. Yeah. Like – he, sh- he 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 plays hockey like Brandon edits the nooner. Both phenoms. High and tight. High and tight. You know what though? Like I think he's gonna light it up the rest of the year. I think he just that those few games and that extra little bit of world junior confidence is gonna like I think he's gonna be a highlight reel for the rest of the season. So most dis- enjoy it, people in Regina, because it probably won't last too long. Most disappointing you know part about that game. The popcorn at the Brant Center <laughs> has fucking taken a turn for the South so bad in the really? last year. Even my daughter, who loves popcorn, eight years old. She's a I, connoisseur, though. I think she said this was Bush League, was her exact Bush words. League. It was cold. It was salty. The butter is gross. It's just like, no no quality control. Like, Do we care? No? No one cares? All right. Sounds like a take a seat. You guys should host the IHF tournament. Boys, let's uh, let's get rocking. Let's get into the come up general well servicing. Fowler tweeted the other day. Uh, they're still looking for people down there. Things are buzzing, absolutely giving her down in the oil patch down south there. So, give those guys a look. General well servicing. Mike Fowler will be able to hook you guys up. And uh, yeah, hey, if you can skate, play a little yeah. hockey too. He said like all positions. They've got housing available. Uh, they're willing to train you. You don't have to have experience in in rigging, but. Uh, They'll train you up, pay you well. Southeast Sask, Southwest Manitoba. Signing bonus? Any kind of sign? Maybe a 016 uh, welcome pack for a signing bonus? Do they have any like management jobs where you just sit in a warm place and play on the computer all day? Because that I would be interested then. But other than that, I couldn't. I can't do what those guys do. That's unbelievable. Hats off to them, but they make good money. But whole oh, that's tough work for uh, that. I could I could do it. But I'm fat and old. Here's an idea for Fowler and the boys. You go to these uh, like W. Go to the WHL games. Yeah, Rider <laughs> games. Recruit. Uh, yeah, and you and you find all the jacked up trucks in the parking lot, and you just put flyers the in the yeah. put underneath their windshield wipers. And you know what? If you put a hundred, you might get twenty that stick. What's your percentage on that? Just look for the jacked up truck or loud muffler. Listen for loud muffler guy. Yeah, Perfect. follow them. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, come up. What do we got coming up this week, boys? Darren Kimball. Darren Kimball. Over three hundred games in the National Hockey League. Tough as nails. Talks about 
scrapping Probert and how that was an adventure. And when Probert was Probert, like in the day, Lucky Lake Saskatchewan boy. We have some fun with him off the beginning, off the hop, because he, he is a little cloudy on some of the towns. It was pretty fun. <laughs> well, he remembers, though. Like, he remembers the senior and the the guys, the name drops from back in the day. Hey, Brandon. Like, Shane, you weren't there, but, Brandon, yeah, I, yeah he, was, he was good. Yeah, people in that Sask Valley area, they're going to be uh, lighting up when they hear some of the names from yesteryear that he was throwing out there. Like, uh, Conquest. The Joyce, yeah. Joyce brothers. Yeah, and um, he gets into uh, you know obviously playing with Guy Lafleur and Joe Sackick at a young age. And, yeah, great interview. He's he's an awesome follow on Twitter as well. So that's coming up. Uh, take a seat, son. Player of the week. We got to give away a player of the week for senior hockey for Richie brothers. I don't know how we're going to do that because there wasn't a ton of games. We're going to leave that up to Brandon. <laughs> so well, there's a few games between uh, Christmas and now, so. I guess those teams that did play, your odds of winning just shot up exponentially because there's only four or five games to pick from. But I know the Big Six had some. I missed the viewing on uh, Access 7 on Christmas Day. Should have set the PVR, but uh, yeah. So that's that's about and just yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll go off the rails other places. Little tirade action belts and some. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. So that that's the come up. The come up is for General, General Well. That's right. Mike Fowler and the fellows, give him a call. Yeah. Free pizzas every once in a while, he said, too. Think about if you could add an extra few inches on that truck, a little extra cash. Yeah. Hey, shout-outs this week. It's been a while since we've been able to to do this, obviously, with a week off there last week. But shout-outs for Synergy AG, local crop input retailer. I see Belts is wearing the old Synergy AG tarp Yeah, underneath his GB construction bunny hug. He's, you give uh, me stuff, I'll wear it. I'm wearing <laughs> your stuff, guy. Definitely, yeah. I am. I'm not fashion guy. I'm like the oh. only thing he wears is Nooner merch and sponsor clothing. See, see, entire wardrobe. You want to get involved with the Nooner fellas? We'll wear it. I'll wear it like a billboard. Yeah. So Synergy AG, they're located all throughout uh, Southern Saskatchewan, Yorkton, Govan, Pence, yeah. Lajord. Jesus, Grenfell, Govan. new location, getting ready to buzz out there. Look him up, a, Synergy AG. You know what's funny, Buzz? You said I had a follow from a guy, and I just on Twitter, and I just you know clicked on it the one day from Provost Synergy AG works there for in the Provost location. So, weapon. Thanks Please. for the follow, and uh, yeah, love the fellas out there. What do you guys got? I got a shout. Do you want me to start? I'll start the shout outs. So today, here it's actually kind of a shout out slash take a seat for myself. I'm. I was doing a bunch of crap this morning. I'm running around. You guys are texting. And finally, I look at my phone. Barney had texted saying, hey, when are we do- When are we going to record? And I'm looking at my phone. And uh, 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 I turn and look. And the light's like, do-do-do-do-do-do. I get the flash. I'm like, oh, no. Because I'm holding my phone at the stoplight. But it's actually, uh, yeah, actually a cop. And gave me that. So I roll my window down. He pulls up. He's like, you going to keep playing on that thing? I'm like, oh, sorry. I just. Looking at a message, I, I shouldn't do this. I'll, you want me to pull over and give me a ticket or whatever? And he's like, no, happy new year, but stay off that. He goes, your kids need a dad. And I was like, ah, kind of hit home. So I was like, yeah, thanks a lot. Big shout out to him. I'm a super pigeon. And uh, I didn't look at that thing while I drove for the rest of the day. And I, I really got to curb that. So big, take a seat to me, but shout out to the politi- police, city police for, uh, for letting me go on that one with a happy new year. Don't be a pigeon. I got pulled over a couple weeks ago. I've never gotten a infraction like driving. Yeah. I wasn't going that fast, but going a little fast, got pulled over. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. So I rolled down my window. It wasn't even half 
and like half down the cop was like halfway between his car and my truck and i heard him was like don't worry just a warning i'm like Whew. two warnings said my tail light was burnt out and on the new rig fast uh this was the other one and i was like oh, well okay. that's weird because i got an oil change last night and they tested the lights and they never said anything but regardless sometimes uh that little warning can change you guys habits and wow. well we know it wasn't the fusion because you couldn't have drove it no tranny Hey, I mentioned I went through uh, Rosetown last week. It was sometime between Christmas and New Year's. I had a couple of wagon shirts and a couple of hats, so I stopped in at the King of Trucks there, saw those guys, and that was actually the night they had that charity uh, alumni wings hockey game that night. So I said, hey, here's a couple tarps if you want to give them out. So they gave them out with a 50-50, which was great to see. Mrs. Jagow, I think Jared's mom, won the Mr. Tarps and hats and uh, the 50-50. So anyway, I just want to give a shout out to everybody out there in uh, wing country, the Banner Barn that organized that game. This started as a joke, just a couple of old players getting together over Christmas, figured they'd raise some money for the Gasper Family Foundation. We've talked a little bit about that family on the show. And uh, classic Rosetown, like they do it up right out there. When they do something, everybody gets involved. And, you know, Colby Armstrong and Riley Armstrong and all these guys were putting up bounties, I guess you could say, like if this guy scores or if this guy blocks a shot or whatever. Anyway, the uh, they just got got back to us with how much that little Wednesday night charity alumni game raised. And it's a pretty staggering number, I would say. $11,375 wow. change. Wow. They're still kind of adding up donations coming in, but wow. unbelievable. A bunch of old washed-up hockey players playing a little uh, – Game at the Banner Barn, over 11,000, so kudos to everybody involved. They should have kept you, put you up in a hotel, got you all liquored up, and got you to do, like, in-stand announcing or... Live show. Something, live show. I think old shout, uh, Shouty Scotty there, he uh, <laughs> he gets the mic. I don't know if anybody else is getting it from him. He's, he... I actually think he's the music guy for the Wings. Oh, I wonder what he plays. Really? guy, music guy. DJ of course, guy. he works at the King of Trucks, too. He uh, reminds me guy. of those uh, cold, uh, the Tide Cold Pods commercials with St- Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> reminds me of Scott. You just made him, you just gave him his idea for his next video. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's what I do. <laughs> cold call. I'm idea guy. Yeah, shout out to those guys. I got a, another one here. Sorry, Belts, unless you want to go. But uh, No, give her. In-house announcers at games. Thanks, man. Pats games. I know Croker does it at the Blades games. Devo does it down here for the Pats. What a tough gig when they're when it's minus oh. 70 out and there's no one in the building and you're trying to hype these people. Like Devo was doing such a good job at the Pats game. Felt bad for him. He was just grinding away and people are like bundled up, right? So yeah, shout out to and then not just the dub guys, you know, them they're, they're obviously they they do them in uh, a lot of the, the arenas these days, but yeah, shout out to all those in-house announcers. Make it easy on them if you can. I Yeah, it, it's hard in Regina, I think. Saskatoon too, but when I did that job for the Pats, I'll never forget the one game, Regina and Swift in the Memorial Cup, man. That was the most uh, electric, I think even more so than the final, but just all the Swifty fans, like, wow, that barn was rocking that day. I'll just never forget the big group of Swifty hotheads. Buzzing. Boys are buzzing. Hey, my last one, I'm going to give a shout-out to a guy from my daughter's hockey team. He helps us out, Donnelly McEwen. Used to be the captain 
for the Melville Millionaires had some coaches, rhythm airs. We had some coaches drinks uh, before Christmas, and he actually the nooner had come up. Some people were talking about it, and the Chez come up, and he told told me a Chez story that was absolutely unreal. Just short, the short version was they playing terrible. Come in, he's going around. Chez is going around the room and gets to Donald. He's like, "What do you think, you freaking? Have you done anything tonight? You had any any good shifts tonight?" And he goes. Well, I think I had one or two, Donnelly says, and he's the captain. And I guess Chez just loses it. F and one or two. He goes, I'll tell you, I left the bar the other night, boys, all pinned up, hit the ditch. Cops stopped me. I get out. The cop says, you had any? And I said, one or two. That's the only effing time you say one or two, Donnelly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Absolute wow. beauty. So, yeah, shout out for him. He says he's got tons of stories. He says we have to get Chez back on. So We're going to. Yeah, wow. we uh... – we're going to take a poll or get people to send in stories or questions or things for Chez and do a little round table with him. Uh, I got one more. Have you guys seen the outdoor rink out in Kenosi? Yes. It is unreal. Like what a nice spot. You can see it's by the lake and everything. I told them we need to get a Monday nooner uh, rink because they got like rink board sponsors and shit. So we might have to do a little contra deal or something for the, get our logo up there. But anyway, just wanted to give them a plug. Kent Sauter out there actually said, if you could throw this out on the pod, they're looking for some old nets. Apparently nets are hard to come by. So he said, if anybody out there has got any nets that they would sell, we're looking for a couple of used hockey nets for the outdoor pond rink in Kenosi. They should look right now in Quebec or Ontario because they're <laughs> chaining they're chaining the psychos out there are chaining them up so people don't use outdoor rinks. Get them shipped here. Oh, yeah, they're chaining them together. That was going to be my take a seat, but uh, Sorry. let's get into it now. <laughs> let's do that. Let's get into take a seat right Psycho. now. Right I, got, I got another shout out. Okay, go. go. Well, I want to talk more about that rink thing. Go ahead. Or do go we ahead. Just ca- no, let's just keep buzzing, boys. Go, long go with long the rink thing. Long. I want to hear more about this. Yeah. Well, this is this is just more about Quebec than the rink thing. Oh, I, 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 I would like to go play on that rink in Kenosi. Oh, in Kenosi. Yes. Yeah, like, live who, show. Who plays on live it? Live show time. It's just a, it's a rink. It's a it's public rink. rink. The, the slew sharks need to put their money where their mouth is. I'll come with, I'll come up with a squad. You let us know. We've got to play the weather a bit. I'll talk th- sauce. That's all that I will can be, do. I can't be, skate very good. Yeah. We got to, we got to get it going on. And then the, my last shout out, sorry, Bobby Millett works 22 fresh ref, ref the WHL game the other night. I didn't know he was a head ref in the dub. Ref a hell of a game. And there were some, there were some calls that that I thought, oh, they're gonna call that, and he didn't. And I was like, fuck, that's the right call. Good job, Bobby. So yeah, uh, shout out to him. Heck of a game the other night. I would say he's uh, not to pump his tires too much, but he's one of those guys who're like, okay, this guy could get to the next level as an official, and I know that's his goal. He's just he's a good communicator. He's a good skater. Like he's got every he's got the intangibles, as they say, to be a a good ref. So. You know what I love about refs. Like I oh, like Trevor Hritzik, Regan Vetter, all those guys in Saskatoon. Here, next time you go to a game, I love when the refs come out first for a skate, and they have the bounce, the big they long. Just give her, so, yeah. we used to, so we used to call it the dub bounce, like when we played midget and bantam, how guys would come on and they'd have those like bounce, and they they come and they just that's their time to shine, right? They got the fresh sheet. I just love it. The refs and their long strides. Good on them. Fucking rights. Love the refs. Weapons. We're going to have to get another ref on the show. We've had some some good Sasky refs, but refs always give that uh, 
unique perspective. I wonder, maybe get like Graham Skilleter or something. He's off from Saskatchewan, season. refs in the show. In the off season. It's so hard for them to come on during the season. For sure we should. I think that's uh, I think that's it for shout-outs, guys. This week for Synergy AG, local crop input retailer. Fellas, before we get into Take a Seat, why don't we uh, – let's get this interview out of the way. Stefan doesn't like going too early. He likes listening to the whole thing before we bring up the rusty shovel. So let's get into the interview. As always, brought to you by Kent Bittner, mortgagefrommycouch.com. I was seeing something. I followed uh, – I actually just seen this thing on Facebook there, and I liked it and followed him a bit. And I was reading some of his stuff. And he said, like, now's the time. It is rank, I guess, how cheap interest rates are. And you want to get in the business right now. You can remortgage through him. You need you need another 300 G's to go buy a vacation property somewhere. You can remortgage that through him. He can do all that stuff for you. So give Kent Bittner a call, mortgagefrommycouch.com. It's that simple. Do not be calling the banks. You're living like a dinosaur. Uh, call Kent. Let him take care of you. Shink, what do we got? All right. This guy, like I said, over 300 games in the National Hockey League. A lot of people are going to remember him from his time in the WHL. I only thought he played with the PA Raiders, but we get in. He actually played for a few teams in the dub back when scrapping was scrapping. Over a 1,000 penalty minutes in the NHL, and he played for Quebec, St. Louis, Chicago, and Boston a little bit. And then he has a, a long career in the minors. Now coaching in the outside of St. Louis from Lucky Lake, Saskatchewan, born in 1968. Here is... Darren Kimball. All right. Uh, yeah, here he is, Darren Kimball. We've had a number of requests to have this uh, legend on. No, everybody kind of remembers and says, you got to have PA Raider great Darren Kimball on. And, and you know, he, we're going to get into his WHL career because he plays in more, more places than just PA and then obviously yeah. the NHL and whatnot. But, uh, Darren, thanks so much uh, for jumping on the Monday Nooner here. First off, we got to ask you the token question. Where are you and what are you doing these days? I'm I'm living down here in uh, Granite City, Illinois. It's just outside of St. Louis, and uh, I work for the city, uh, the city of Granite. So that's I've been doing that for ten years now. So I, I had, uh, got that going on. And my my boy, he's uh, seventeen, so he's getting near the end of his hockey. Uh, well, not not near the end, I should say, but as far as me coaching him near the end. So it's uh, whether he gets to junior or not, that's up to him now. What has coaching down there been like the last year and a half? It's it's actually – now, I'm on the Illinois side, and, um, you, and I'm not, I'm not going to try to go political here on you. Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter. I do that enough. But um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I live in – Illinois is in a Demo- – sort of a – well, not sort of. It's a democratic state, not because of the state. It's because of Chicago. So that's where the population is. Everything else is sort of red. But – Chicago was uh, the democratic States down here in, this, in the United States. They went really hard at it and they shut everything down. So all high school hockey was shut down for most of the year last year. Uh, we've been playing this year, but I, I, my, my son plays on another team, a uh, travel team out of uh, St. Louis. It's called car shield, uh, the car shield insurance. It's after that. And uh, we were actually pretty fortunate last year. We, we, we ended up playing 60 some games last year and we're going to end up playing 60 some games this year. So, um, We've had uh, this year. We've gotten to go to Minnesota. Um, last year we didn't. Everything was going down to Texas because Texas was uh, sort of more wide open. And um, so hockey that way has been <clears throat> for him has been good because uh, a lot of a lot of kids, man, they they 
the what's going on. I hear what's going on in Canada. I talk to a lot of guys, and some of these guys aren't playing that much hockey, and I feel feel bad for them. I feel bad for them. Yeah, on that, what's it like coaching kids nowadays? Obviously, kids are a little bit different than they were back in the early 70s in Lucky Lake, Saskatchewan. <laughs> that, that, they're a lot different than those guys, yeah. Um, it, it, it's The game's it, – it's kind of funny, though. It's I shouldn't say funny, but – the way that we played and when, even when I went through the NHL and how the game was played and the role I played, obviously they've uh, tried to run that out of the game. And, um, you know, the, the games, it's, it's a lot different. And that's, that's not the part that bothers me. I I like watching kids develop as they walk up the the ladder. I, you know, and so you're into drills and you're doing all kinds of drills for them. But as far as when the game is played, it's just like the, it's the kids want to play the game, but the referee and with all the rules that they're doing now, it just slows this process right down. And they, they just do so many silly things. And what, what, what can you do? You can't argue the nonsense of that. I think the referee union in every sport's the strongest union I've ever seen in my life. So you, you can't beat them. You know, you got to join it somehow. I like asking coaches this question and you're coaching, uh, like you said, in that area down there, at what age do you really see kids make the next step or develop to where you're you know they're going to have the chance to play junior or go on you know because so many parents are putting pressure on kids at a young age at what age do you see that i so how it works down here and i, and I bet you it's pretty similar to what goes on up there guys I, and i don't know much about up there because i've been gone from 20 years but um so down here you, like your younger kids the top tier kids that have been going at it and are, are and i and i want to got to phrase it right because you don't want to make people feel like they're bad or whatever but the ones that are on the top teams they you know they get going at a young age and they they sort of play at the triple a level at a pretty young age and it's kind of funny because when you walk up the ladder and, and especially coaching and i coach the same team for like four or five years you, you know you sort of lose three or four kids every year they fall off and then three or four new ones join but the main ones at the top sort of they stay there and they they continue to ride out the process but it's at what age i'll i'll talk as my own son um and he plays the physical game. My my boy does. Uh, he's a as far as body contact, body checking, and all that. He was much better than I was ever at it. Uh, now, obviously, he's not into the fighting part about that yet. Uh, he might get there one day, but um, he he really he's he's 17 years old right now, and I would say at 16 he started to he started to grow a little bit, and he started to hit and started to like that part of the game, and it just built himself confidence. I think when he started to add the hitting in that, cause it's something that he was good at. And um, all players get different confidence at certain levels. You know, they just, they might be better stick handlers, better skaters and all that stuff. But have you ever brought your son up to, uh, to lucky Lake and let him walk into the arena and flip on the breaker and just go for a twirl? <laughs> no, no, actually that, that rink, when I played there in lucky Lake, uh, that one's gone, but and you are correct. There's a breaker because I hit that sucker many times. Uh, but no, he I, I've had him up in Lucky Lake. He was up there when he was really young. And my daughter, they were they went up there at a young age. Um, and that's been a long time ago since they were up there. But Talk about uh, growing up in Lucky Lake back there in the late 60s, early 70s. What was life like for you? Did you grow up in a in a farming family? Yeah, I'm not late. Don't go late 60s now. I was born late 60s. I'm not that damn old, am I? But yeah, no. Ah, my, my dad was, uh, my dad was a farmer. Um, you know, his whole life, that's what, that's what they did. And I had a family, I had two brothers, uh, two sisters, two brothers still farm the land, um, up there. My sisters have moved away. My, my one sister actually is a, she's farms just her and her husband farm just down the road, about 20 miles from where my brothers do. 
but that's where I grew up. And, um, it's, it's just, it's a, that's a total, the typical Saskatchewan story, how you grow up and that's, you know, you learn to work and that's, you learn to do the lot, a lot of the hard work and that's how you learn to, I think a lot of our guys at my time, anyway, like, like the guys you've had on here before, like Kelly Chase and Kaminsky and these guys, you know, you come through that process and, uh, I think that's we've always been knowing that we were guys that were going to come and we we're going to work when we got to the ice and whatever our talent was, but we you were knew you were going to get work and that's where I think it all comes from the farming where you grew up where where we grew up at. Now now let's go back because because we know you had endless opportunities to skate in the old barn, but when you go back to Adam and and, and those days and, and you're playing the probably the big rivalry games against Beachy or who, whoever they were, you know who were the guys on your team that you remember playing with? Maybe they went on, maybe they didn't, but you know guys that guys that you just remember. Maybe they were weapons. Maybe it was a good goalie, a coach. You know who who do you remember? You know there was a there's a guy um, when when I was really young. There was a, a kid out of Beachy, and I'm not – see, you got me on the spot here, and I'm, his name's not going to come up, but Beachy was our rivalry. There was a kid that I actually – I went and played the Legionnaires in Swift Current. was uh, Dean Smith. He was a goalie, and Dean ended up passing away in a horsing accident. Uh, he was he is into horses and that, and he got bucked off, but he was a really good goaltender, and he played midget Legionnaires with us. Um, Dave Canyon was the kid I was talking about. He was a really good hockey player. Dave was uh, back when we were younger. Then there was a couple of the Clark boys that played out a, a – uh, uh, Kent, no, what's it called? The Calvington? No, not Calvington. What's right just outside of Outlook? Um, Keniston. Keniston. No, maybe not Keniston either. It's, uh, it starts with a K, though, but there's the two Clark boys played out of there, Darren and Todd. And uh, and then up in Kyle, we would go up to Kyle, and there was a Lewis up there. And then when I got a little into Bantam, I think, and that when I first got noticed by the Swift Current Legionnaires before I went to play there, there was a kid named Todd Olfen. He, he ended up playing in Notre Dame uh, for a bit, and I think I, – I, I want to say Todd went on to play in the Saskatchewan junior in the Western hockey league for a little bit, but those were some of the guys I think that, you know, were sort of in, there was a Thorpe kid in Dinsmore that was really good, but I don't, you know, he, he was into the farm and business and I don't, I don't think he really traveled much out of it after that. Hey, th- those are good names. Throwing, putting you on the spot like that to, yeah. to drop those. I want, I want to know what that damn town and uh, just outside outlook was. It starts with a K though. I should know because the Clark boys that played there, it's, this is, when my brother, my brother Gordy was a pretty good hockey player for me, and the Clark, there was they had a mom, and the mom was a very one. She was that loud mother that would sit there and scream at everybody <laughs> in that damn rink, and that was their mother. And she would, you know, so she screamed at my brother first, and then years later, eight nine years later, then it was me that was getting it. But it started with the K, and I can't remember the dang name of it. Which direction out? out, out you're going. You're going towards. Uh, you come out out look like you're going to Saskatoon. Up there, and and uh, you'll it's off to the right, and I just can't think of it right now. Shame on me. Uh, anyway, shame on us. We live here, and we can't think of it. <laughs> did do you remember? Did you guys ever make any uh, any provincial runs at a young age? Did you join forces with any of your rival towns? Because I know guys have done that as well. Do you remember any of those? Yeah, I I did with uh, my only run at it was when I was in Bantam, and I went up to play in Elrose. There was a this guy was. Uh, the, the guy that coached the team was Burns McDonald and uh, Burns is no longer around, but Burns McDonald was a, he was, he was into with the Saskatoon blades way back. Probably when my brother uh, Gord was there, um, whether, I don't know what Burns was, if he coached with Saskatoon on the assistant level or he was a scout or what he was, but Burns was there and he was, uh, he, you know, I, I think I went up there cause he, I think he got in my brother's year. He knew my brother cause my brother played in the Western hockey league and, um, so there was like three of us from Lucky Lake went up and traveled with Al Rose and the Southern finals or the Southern 
semifinals, one of the two, and we got beat there. Got beat there. So I know uh, most guys too, they, they remember like the senior hockey team, like those were the guys that go and watch. And we cover a lot of senior hockey uh, on this program. Now your brother was a stick. I know you watched him play, uh, play senior. You, you remember watching a lot of those senior games? Did you ever get a chance to get called up at a young age? No, I, I ne- you know what? I never pl- I played senior when actually in one of the lockouts, I come back and I, I went up and played in Kyle. <laughs> um with my brother Gord. Gord was playing with Kyle still so I I went and I was playing and uh I was gonna actually uh the Glanderses were still there they were playing and I was gonna actually go sign up with them to go make a run of the provincials if we weren't going to come back and then shortly after Christmas we got called back so but I played in Dinsmore and I we played a couple games with them up there and um uh, we, we won all our games too so we're I was doing pretty good there <laughs> when you were when you were in minor hockey, going back a few years from then, were you the were you the biggest stud like in that little that area? Like, were you I, the the guy? Yeah, I, well, I, I was, but there was like I said with uh, those other guys that I mentioned, um, like Todd Olfen was a really good hockey player. He could shoot the puck like crazy. But th- there was like so when you back then you got Beachy Dinsmore Outlook, and you go to Lorber and you get all these places. And there was always one guy that was a good hockey player on every team. I don't care what. There was just a guy that was better than everyone else. He's whatever he skated with the puck and did everything. So it was, and you'd only have, which was good at the time. And uh, you'd only lucky Lake might only have 10 kids on their team. So, you know, you, you play the whole game and that their guy was playing the whole game, but there was always one kid that was always a, um, a, a good kid from every town. So that was the, that was your rival, basically who you were going up against, but we'll go, I'll go back to the senior. When you, you were asking me about the senior hockey, I never got called up to play senior. I was 14 years old and I was trying to become a, I wasn't trying to become, but I was trying to do refereeing for a little extra money on the side when I was living in Lucky Lake. And so I, I got to be a linesman and I, I have another brother, Dwayne, uh, who farms also, but Dwayne played hockey. They're both on the senior team and the Lucky Lake, they're called the Lucky Lake Lakers. Imagine Still that. Are. Name, but, Still are. But, <laughs> but they, uh, they won provincials the one year uh, when Gordian Duane and the Boons and all these guys, Saunders, they all played. And so anyway, but I get the lines and Duane was a, Duane was the, 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 he was a smaller brother of the crew. He had a chance to go to the Saskatchewan junior hockey league. He went to a camp and, but it never got to where he was going to move on or whatever. And then he come back to farm and that, but uh, I remember the game because we're, we're, so I'm reffing. It's my first senior game. I'm reffing. And this is, they got no glass on the side, you know, they got the chicken wire up on the end and um, the, I'm just a little shit going on and Dwayne decides he's going to get in a fight in this game. So I, the fight happens in the game and senior hockey and I go in to grab Dwayne and I'm 14 years old and I guess my brother would be probably, I don't know what Dwayne would be, 24 20, or whatever, somewhere in that age at that time, maybe, maybe 23 and I just wasn't strong enough to hold him and which was probably good for Dwayne because when we got down to the bottom of the pile, he finally got up and threw me aside and just kept hitting the guy. And so he was going to win the fight because I couldn't hold the son of a gun. And I, <laughs> I felt bad after, but that, that's, that was the advantage for my brother, I guess. Now, are you, are you thinking this town starts with a K, but is, is it Conquest and the Joyce Conquest, boys? There you go. Conquest. That's it right there. My fault. Let's see. I guess I got my, that's my a C for up. God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is Conquest. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> 
I believe. <laughs> there we go. Hey, we fit. We figured it out. Conquest. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. What am I? I guess that's why I. I barely got through high school, but there's a proof why I, I can't get a C and a K right, right? Um, so then, uh, yeah, AAA midget in swift current. Uh, was, was that, you know, were you kind of, uh, I guess, touted to maybe go some other places? Any other teams want you? Or was swift current the place you, you wanted to go and needed to go? Well, swift, swift current was, um, I guess that's because that, my, my brother had ties. They, they were the swift current Broncos back in the – SJ. Uh, the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. That's when Prince Albert was – before Prince Albert went to the Western Hockey League with uh, uh, Terry Simpson when they won all those Memorial – or not Memorial Cups. Uh, Centennial Cups. Called? With a C. Yeah, with a C. <laughs> so they uh, – you know, so my brother Gordy was up in Swift Current and uh, Stan Dunn was his coach up there. But they had a big rivalry with Prince Albert. And they could never beat Prince Albert. I think they had him down 3-0 one time and – uh, Prince Albert found a goaltender. He come in, and uh, then they Prince Albert won the next four to beat him. But so I'd been to Swift Current to watch many games. You know, the seats about twenty five hundred, three thousand at the time. And you know that you, you sort of, I sort of wanted to follow in my brother's footsteps up that road to see where I could get to. And uh, Moose, the Moose Jaw Warriors uh, were also talking to me, not talking to me, but they were interested in me. I went up to their camp also, and. Uh, but there, the Lauren Fry was the coach, and now Lauren Fry's uh, yeah, he's out. Uh, he was in Colorado. I don't know where Lorne is anymore, but uh, he was my first coach at AAA, and he's uh, he scouted a lot of hockey players. That man has, and I think, I think he went to Colorado a few years ago. I think with the Kelowna Rockets, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's what he was. Uh, him and Joe, like Joey Sakic and him were Joey Sakic. He thought the world of Lorne, and. Uh, so I think, and so Joe would have probably brought him on to Colorado for a bit. And, uh, but, but he, he, Lauren was a guy that could get talent and, uh, you know, he was good to me. So he, he got me out of Lucky Lake and got me playing AAA hockey at the midget level anyway. Yeah, we got to we got to get Lorne on because we've had so many guys mention him and, and, you know, he's just a legend in Saskatchewan. So that, yeah, that'd be a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, knowledge in that man's head. He'd, he'd seen a lot of hockey that man has. Unreal. And then, uh, so Swift Current Indians in the SJHL at 16. Yeah, at 16, I it was uh, so when I played midget um, on the AAA team, uh, that's when Patty Janelle came to town, and Patty Janelle he ended up being the coach of the Swift Current Indians, and Patty had a son who was uh, named Aaron. So Aaron played on the midget team. He come in, I think Aaron started sort of a little bit into the season, but he started playing, and me and Aaron become pretty good friends, and we hung out. And that summer, there was like six of us from Prince Albert. There was some guys from Brandon. Or not Brandon, uh, Jeff Jeff Weaver, he played in Brandon, but he was from Notre Dame. He played in Notre Dame. But there was a bunch of us. They had a, a tournament out in uh, British Columbia where the Saskatchewan, Ontario, and Alberta, we all went out there and played in in, uh, in Vancouver. And so I got on this all-star team that Patty Janelle, he was the coach, of, and he so he picked us to go on there. So Patty sort of gives me – get me going in the right direction because Lorne's there and Patty brings me into Tier 2 and – uh, gets me into that, and, we're, and that's where basically where fighting starts all going on in that process. So I, that's where I was introduced into the fighting anyway. And um, you talk about that team you know, being the, the the toughest toughest team you ever played on, ever ever played on. And I just I just mentioned a tweet on there was there was a, a on Twitter there was some guy that was doing a skating over the red line and that, and I was just laughing because this team was so tough. And had the fight when I was a sixteen year old, I, I just got started going. I, I fought a couple tough guys, a Rutledge guy out of. Uh, Estevan, he played there, and that's that was he was a pretty tough guy that I fought. But we we had these guys, and it was, we went into Lloyd Minister one night, and it's, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. We go into Lloyd Minister, and we get out to warm up first, 
And this isn't when they would have the, like the referees were nowhere to be found. We, you know, you'd go and do your warmups and referees would sit in the stands. We went out to Lloyd Minister and I don't know who it was, but someone went down and grabbed the other net before the other team got on. We took it down to our end and we warmed up both our goaltenders and they, they never even thought of coming over to get the net. There wasn't even a thought in that process. Halfway through warm-up, the referee had them all patty and them were all coming down there and had to talk and we had to go take our net back to them finally. It was, they wouldn't come down and get it. They were scared shitless to come down and get the darn thing. <laughs> so it was funny. So then uh, WHL 85-86, uh, the first team you play on, the Calgary Wranglers, um, how do you end up in Calgary then? Um, back, back in the day, there was a, there was a, a, they used to run by lists. And so there was a 50 man list that they, uh, would go by and which included, they had their own, the guys that were playing in the Calgary Wranglers that year. And then every, they could put, they, all they had to do was put you on a list and they had that you were their property. There was, that's, that's how it ran back in the day. And so Calgary, uh, and this is a true story too. So I, I was playing. Landis Chalk was a guy that played out of Calgary. He gets he got drafted. Landis did. Did Landis get drafted to Vancouver? Maybe the Canucks. I'm going to say in the third round, probably. He played in Calgary for the Wranglers, and his dad was a scout for the Calgary Wranglers. So we were sitting there. Uh, our whole midget team got invited to camp, except for me. I was the only guy that didn't get invited to camp, and I was sitting there. And Jim Squires was with my my. Uh, was my uh, billet in Swift Current. And so Jim, I, I believe he sort of helps me get to where uh, Lannis, uh, Mr. Chalk gets me to get to at least get to a tryout because it was being held in Swift Current even. So the tryout was being held there. And when we come out of the tryout, I'm the only guy that gets put on the list. I just had a great camp. And I just, it was just, I I didn't fight, but I, I, I played really well. I scored a lot of points, which... Uh, I always, if my skating was, if my skating was any good, I would have been, you know, a, pr- a pretty good, a real good hockey player actually, but skating always slowed me down. So I had to go on a different Avenue, but I had a lot of points, but I was the only one that got put on the list. And, and so then I ended up going to, uh, Calgary. So eight, 85, 84, 85, or 85, 86, you're Calgary, but then you get yep. traded to new Westminster and then traded again to Brandon. How so yep. many stops, like I, I, I make it through. I make it through almost through Christmas in Calgary and then I get traded out to new Westminster. Ernie punch McLean was the coach out there. So I'm, I'm probably thinking uh, Patty Janelle had a little say in that matter. Cause Patty Janelle, but, but, but Aaron Janelle was out there and Aaron Janelle comes to Calgary. So it's just kind of weird. but Ernie punch McLean was another guy known for having a lot of tough guys around. Um, so I get, and this is what's crazy about this is, so this is back before they worry about their schooling and all that. And not that I'm a big school person or I wasn't, but before my finals are taken, I get traded. So I, I went to school the f- first half of the year and I get traded. So all those marks were gone. I didn't get to go. I get traded out to New Westminster. I'm playing out there. I'm out there for a month and I get traded to Brandon. So I haven't even started school in New Westminster. I go one day of school. We go on the swing out to Medicine Hat and Calgary and all that. I get traded when we're in Medicine Hat to Brandon. I get out to Brandon, and they're already a month into their school season. So I, I'm not even uh, – I, I barely get by. I, I, I do graduate, though, so that was pretty neat. I got to graduate, but it was just – I was all over the place. And and and, and the honest God truth is when I sat – when I got traded from Brandon – or when I got traded to Brandon, um, I sat in the Medicine Hat. I got called in there, and I'm, I, 
for whatever reason, my mom and dad were up there. My dad wasn't a guy that went to a lot of games. I'll tell you that story later why he doesn't probably go to didn't probably go to a lot of games, but uh, for some reason he was there and we sat in the hotel room and I was getting ready to quit hockey. I was going to quit because I'd been traded all these times, you know, and I was just, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And um, I thought about quitting and probably my, uh, it was probably my mother, realistically, my mother said, you're not quitting because and I'm not trying to, but, but my brother Gord, he did that. He got traded a couple of times. He went up to Flin Flon and then he quit and he just come home. And my mom said, you're not doing that. You're going to finish this out. And I went up to Brandon and played up there where Gordy Lane was the head coach that he went, you know, four Stanley cups of the Islanders. And I actually lived with Gordy for a little bit and uh, just got my, it just got my, my hockey going again. So I, I started liking playing again when I got to Brandon, it was just, it was just, it was kind of weird. I almost packed it all in and then I ended up going to Brandon so why didn't dad uh, come watch the games? Well, so my my dad was uh, uh, he didn't like he didn't like when I when I got into the fighting part. He that's he didn't like that. And now my brother was pretty tough too. Gordy was tough back in the day too. And uh, we go up to the old barn in Saskatoon when I was see, so we're, well we go ahead of it a little bit here, but that's when I'm playing for the Raiders and uh, that's when Twister first comes to Saskatoon his first year in Saskatoon and. Uh, we, we square off in the old barn in an exhibition game. And uh, so we're having a fight. And my brother my, my brother actually come up, my dad come up, and we're all up there. And it's probably mine and Twister's best fight we ever had. And uh, like we were going toe-to-toe, and, you know, we're just sitting there rocking them. And and I actually I, – I, I've never been able to find the tape on this fight, and it just bugs my ass because it was one of our best fights. Because I – at as we're going along, we're, you know, he threw the big punch and I would throw like three punches. He'd throw the big punch and it would just stand in there hitting each other. And I sort of start to get the upper head hand on him. He's got his head down and I, I'm trying, I'm starting to come with some uppercuts and all of a sudden he come over top with a big haymaker and he, he breaks my nose and uh, I don't go down or nothing, but my, he, you know, my nose is pretty crooked. And um, uh, so then the fight's over, but I, and I, you know, there's blood obviously cause you got a broken nose and I go in and I look and Wade Butchus, who's a, was a good friend of mine in Prince Albert. He's uh, playing with me and he was sitting beside me <laughs> in the locker room and uh, Butchie's sitting there laughing and I'm looking, I go, you know, what are you laughing at? And he goes, you should see your goddamn nose. And he's like, my nose is crooked and doctors had to put the things up there and straighten it out. And I, I went right back out and played though, you know, nose is bleeding and that. And I'm just, you know, you're trying to play and that's just the way the game was played. But dad, my dad was there and he just, you know, he, did, he didn't like that part of it. He, he didn't like to see his son fighting for some reason. And uh, so he, he didn't go to a lot of it. So dad didn't like it. But uh, ju- judging by the amount of apparent fights you got in, not only on the ice, but off, you must – seems like you enjoyed you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I got I got rolling. When I got to Prince Albert there, I got rolling pretty good. And I, I that's just probably the as much as fun as it was, hanging out with the guys in PA and, you know, the, in the summer and having a lot of fun. But – uh, probably something I shouldn't have been doing at the time, but it was, it was a lot of fun. So, so do you think you got in more fights on the ice or off the ice in your life? <laughs> no, no on, on the ice, definitely. But there probably goes through a summer or two there where it's probably 50, 50 anyway. <laughs> were they, were, yeah, you know, PA, yeah, let's, let's not, let's not joke. P- outside the bar kind of deal. I think. Yeah. That's uh you come out and you've had a few drinks and, we're going to see you there. And then once you get going, you know, and you've had a few fights and you're doing well in your fights and it's just like, I, 
I, I, back then, I, I could just imagine how Mr. Probert felt back in his day because everyone's coming to fight you because you're doing well, right? And uh, so you, then you just got to keep on rolling. Probably, <laughs> probably, uh, probably a few road fights up in the Lakeland in the summertime too. Yeah, had, I had, up. I had a bad, I had a couple up there. I had a bad one up there too, though. So I, uh, <laughs> or about much whiskey, in, little uh, Waskasu had a little too much whiskey in the body, so uh, that one, that one didn't work out well. <laughs> uh, you know, Prince Albert, uh, you get traded, uh, traded to Prince Albert. And, um, you know, that's where, where things really, really pick up for you, too. Um, yep. What's your uh, – so that was 86, 87. Do you remember first ever hearing about this 16-year-old coming from Michigan to play? Like, do you remember, like, and, and kind of going, what? where is this guy? What's coming? Yeah, he was from, from Livonia. And we uh, – so Mike uh, – and the funny thing with Mike is – so when I got there, Rick Wilson was our coach. And uh, so and Rick, you know, was through the NHL and uh, he knew a lot of people. And for whatever he gets Mike to get that way, how he does it, I don't know, because he's skipping over a lot of places to get to there. You know, you go to the Ontario League and all that. And the, the funny thing with Mike, though, and I can al- I'll always remember with Mike was his first year. Um, he was uh, about a 160-pound kid. About, uh, you know, he had all the skills in the world. And really when he played with him his first year, you said, what the hell is, you know, what – what's really going on here. It's you, you didn't see anything. You, you seen that he had skill and all that, but uh, we, we would have when, when Rick would bag skate us some days, we'd get bag skated because my skating wasn't very good. I made sure that I always found out where Mike was because <clears throat> he was a bad skater too. And we would, so when at least we we're getting bag skated, I could skate with him and I wasn't getting blown away by guys. So I, that, that's who I'd want to hang out with. And then it was just, it's kind of weird because, whatever how tall Mike was at the time, let's say 5'10", uh, 160 pounds when he gets to us. Um, that's Then he goes through the summer, and then I think he comes out being like 6'2", 200 pounds, and me, me and Mike weren't skating together anymore. That, that We made sure that wasn't going to happen anymore because the guy the guy just turned, he turned into the superstar that he was right there. That just happened all right then. I heard a story. Wasn't there a story that there was uh, some a lady that was teaching you guys power skating or something up there? Yeah, but that that was uh, so Rick Wilson's uh, uh, wife, Carol. She was a power skating instructor. So me, Wade Butchus, Reed Simpson, who played in the NHL for a long time, um, and Mike. We had to do it on Mike's time though, because Mike would he have to go to school and then he'd get to come over. But uh, Mike didn't always have to do the skating with us. It was. Uh, us other guys that were out of school already, but we had to go and uh, we'd get go get our coffee, go in, and Carol would come in, and she would uh, she would go through the power skating with me, Reed and Butchie, and Sean Byram was another one. Uh, his son plays in Colorado now, and uh, yeah, we'd sit there and have that woman. I'll tell you to watch our skating skills and try to, to do something with that. She was a miracle even to get a skate. <laughs> Mike was probably ta- pretty taken care of at uh, Prince Albert. Uh comprehensive high school though knowing that that you guys are there to pick him up if you ever need to be picked up yeah he was uh it's it's kind of funny i never like when you talk about that was my uh i I had a really good year that year the year i get drafted and but i don't play with mike at all like we had guys like kevin todd and uh oh there was a what's the link oh lenny marks was there lenny had a 70 some goals that year i think and um, we, we, did, we had a bunch of guys that were Richie Pilon was there. Dean Cole said like, we had a pretty good hockey club. It's you look back at it, all the guys that moved on. And, uh, so I, I didn't ever play with Mike. Mike was on a, a, you know, a higher up line, but there was, 
you know, you you had you had Twister. Um, now well, I'm, I'm talking in the in the East because there was Twister and me and and Mike Keen was pretty like not that Mike was a big time heavyweight. Mike was pretty tough because he was a lefty at the time. And Jim McKenzie, he didn't know how tough he was at this point in time. He hadn't got there yet. Uh, he was just a young kid, and you know, not many guys would. Yeah, when me and Reed were there, and not many guys were messing with Mike. That wasn't. That was sort of told to me right out of the gate that even when we went to rookie, we had a rookie initiation, or whatever. And Rick had called me and someone else. Uh, Butchie was called into the thing, and he says. Uh, you're not shaving his head off. You're not doing some things to this guy that the rest of the guys were getting, but we were sitting there going to Will's. We were going, well, can we shave a little bit of it off at least? So we got to shave a little bit off the sides, but yeah, we had to, we sort of had to take care of Mike. He was going to be the, he turned out to be the superstar that he was, but yeah, he was well taken care of. I promise you that. 88 entry draft. Now, is that one of the cases where you're drafted as an older player, like the the, the second yeah. time around? And, you know, probably a lot of scouts watching you that year because of the team you had and because of Madano? Yeah, that, that's true. Because, yeah, when you come out, there was a thing when um, the first chance that I'm able to get drafted, I had to go, like, in the first three rounds, sort of. That you were, the, that's the year the, that age group they were taken. And if you didn't get taken – they sort of went to the older kids after that. That's when the, a lot of them. So my second year, like the only guy that I think breaks the barrier at that point, like sort of gets out of there is uh, Link. Link had uh, he was out in Spokane, and Link was the uh, same age as me and that. And so Link gets into the I, I want to say second round. Minnesota took him in is what I want to say. But he was like the only guy that went in the top three rounds that was wasn't that was over eighteen that was the same age as me. So did you go to the draft? Did you go to that draft? How'd you find out no, where you were taken? Or I did, did you know? I, it's not like it is now, guys, where I really wasn't ranked up there that I was going to be a – I did not know I was going that high at all. I talked to – I never even talked to Quebec when I got drafted. Uh, the only person that I talked to was uh, uh, a scout for Hartford. And his last – I think it was George Bennett. I, I want to say George is his first name. Or, no, Darwin Bennett. Darwin Bennett, sorry. Uh, Darwin was a scout, and he was with Hartford. And uh, he is the only guy that I had talked to before the draft. So I had no – you know, I wasn't going to go up to a draft not knowing if I was going to go in the uh, eighth round or whatever. I think we had twelve rounds back then when I was draftable, but I wasn't going to go through the process. So I was sitting in lucky. I was sitting in Prince Albert, and I didn't even shit. We were sitting around doing nothing all day. I, I don't know if we were, we might have been having a couple of beer. I don't know what we were doing, but we're sitting around <laughs> and the, the draft was on. <laughs> yeah, well, the draft was on. I, we, like because you could only back in the day when that was going on, they'd only show the first round in Canada, and that's you know you only had it on the on the one. So that was over. So me and Wade Butchus, who also got drafted that year, and he, you know, Butchie was a good friend of mine. He got drafted to Hartford, Butchie did, I think, in the sixth round. Um, we were sitting there, and I, I didn't even know. And then Art finally made a phone call and said, you've been drafted to the Quebec Nordiques. So I talked to those guys. And uh, right after that, I headed down to Lucky Lake. Me and Mark Stowe. Mark Stowe played with me, and Mark Stowe and me headed down to Lucky Lake to a party. Uh, for sure. Why wouldn't the guy? Exactly. So 88-89. <laughs> You go to the Nordiques camp. Uh, you start in Halifax. When you go to camp, what are you what are you expecting? Uh, I, you know, I went there. Gord Donnelly was their um, was their tough guy at the time, and I was going there for I was going there to make a name for myself. And I went into camp. I fought Gordo twice. I did really good against him. I I might have broke his nose the first fight, um, and I have another fight that we have a pretty good fight the second time. Um, I went through I went through training camp. I think I was I think I got to play eight exhibition games. I fought Craig Berube, uh, 
you know, uh, Dale Kushner was with Philadelphia at the time. I fought him. So I had like nine fights in eight games. So I, I made a pretty good na- name for myself. And But we got down to it, and they – the one thing that people don't understand when you're going through this one-way contracts are a big thing in the national hockey league. And if you're on a one-way contract, uh, even to this day, cause I watch it with the blues up here, people, people on one-way contracts, NHL teams aren't sending you down there to pay that money. They're just not doing it. And so if you get onto that one-way contract, you're basically, you're, you're at least going to start the, the season with the team, you know? And so Gord uh, Donnelly was, uh, was there and he had earned his spot. He was, you know, he'd fought a lot of people in this time also. So they went with Gordo, sent me down to Halifax and probably for half a year. And I think halfway through the year, I get called up and um, I sort of stay there. What do you remember about about that that day, you know, when you got the call and then your first game? It was, it was kind of – I was sitting we – were, we were playing down in Halifax and uh, Greg Smith, Bird Dog, uh, he's, you know, Bird's passed on. He was one of my good friends. And Max Biddendorf and we we – you get down in the, you get down in the AHL. There's a lot of guys down there, and you know you, you hear these stories on TV. Some of them come true that guys are down there that have never been given the chance. The, they're down there, and you know you, you there's a big time to grow up. Is what a, you know you're a 19, 18, 19 year old kid coming in there. You're gonna grow up pretty goddamn quick. And uh, I went down to Halifax. We had a pretty good team down there. You know you got the French guys and the English guys are all mixed in together and. We'd been winning some games, and so that night we went out to the – we go out to the – we went our hockey game, we went out to the bar, and I get called the next day after being out at the bar all night, and uh, get a, I get a call from my agent. But and I, and I so you're just so ecstatic. You know, you just, you're calling all your family members. You're calling all your friends. I'm coming up to play in the Nordiques, and you get on a little propeller hopper going from Halifax to uh, Quebec. And you're the only person on the plane and you're sitting on that plane and you're figuring you better catch some sleep here while you're going up there because stuff's going to start happening pretty quick. Well, you might've played a little guilty that first night, but if I recall from what I researched, you had a hell of a night. <laughs> Too bad. They weren't all like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell our listeners about that. Uh, your first game in the show. We end up winning the game like eight, three, I think the first game, but uh, Perry Anderson was one of their players. And I'm not saying Perry was a big heavyweight or anything, but he guy, he guy that would scrap once in a while. And so I fought him my very first shift. I just, I just had to get, get going. Um, <laughs> you know, you're pretty, you're pretty antsy, nervous playing that first game. And uh, so then we got going and, you know, I was playing a regular shift and uh, then I felt uh, Dave Maley was my second time. I ended up fighting Dave Maley uh, to a pretty good fight. Dave he was a lefty. Dave was, and uh, we, we had a pretty good fight. And then, in the third period, I find myself on a bloody breakaway in a National Hockey League game, my first game, and Sean Burke was the goaltender. And I went and I went to my backhand on a deke and score the goal, and and everything went downhill from there. You keep the, <laughs> you still have you still have the puck. You know, I, I had the puck in uh, all my travels. I I I I did not ever get that home to my mother because she would have had it in a safe and. So I don't believe I got the, the right, correct puck in that situation. <laughs> so you talked about uh, that team, and, you know, we, we got to talk about Joe Sackick. He could have went back to Swift that year, won the Memorial Cup. They would have been unbelievable. Obviously, you play yeah. you play against him in the WHL. You know, he great player, all that. What what set Joe Sackick apart, even at that young age? You know, he was 
Joe, Joe could pretty well, he could go a hundred mile an hour, pretty well stop on a dime and do a turn and, uh, and just go the other direction. And it wasn't like he had blazing speed going down the ice, but he could just go side to side and he could go any which direction he wanted to um, shoot the puck, you know, for as big as he was or whatever it was, but he could just shoot the puck and his backhand is probably one of the best backhands you'll ever see that ever play the game. Um, and then just the, like, I, I watched some games that he wore, he wore 88 his first year that when yeah. I was up there with him, though, <laughs> yeah. he, there, there were some games that, uh, he, he just, he won. We didn't win many games, but there were some games that he won by himself. And it was just, it just, he was just, like I said, he would, he would go down and stop on a dime, go somewhere else. And he would just fool these guys didn't know what the hell he was doing. And he could just snap the puck like crazy. And we're going to probably talk in a bit about Tony twist. He talked about fighting him in junior. You end up getting traded for him, but, we had him on our show and he said growing up he had a Gila Fleur lunchbox and then he ended up playing with him. What was it yeah. like for you to play with, with Guy? Like I, obviously you probably watched him growing up on hockey night in Canada too. And then to be able to play two seasons with him. Well, see, so Twister's family must've been richer than mine. Cause I had a paper bag thing. So I had to write <laughs> Guy Lafleur on the side cause uh, I didn't get the lunchbox with Guy on it, but Guy Lafleur was, uh, he, he was my, my favorite hockey player growing up. Him and Tiger Williams were my two players, but I think because uh, the Montreal Canadiens were winning Stanley Cups at the time, and uh, you know they were they were so good of a hockey team. And uh, back in the day, you were only getting the one game. It was either Toronto or Montreal, and they seemed to favor Montreal a lot more because they were obviously the best team in the league. Um, but yeah, Guy Lafleur, and then, and then like you said, so I, when we get to Quebec and I get to play with the Flower, and and then to realize that the guys probably one of the best people that you're ever going to play with in the game of hockey. So such a kind person would do anything for you. Uh, he had a sugar shack that they have out there and never even knew what a sugar shack was. And uh, he had all of us guys out there, but uh, flower would sit there. And that's the first guy that I ever seen wear the little cup pads that the uh, shoulder pads they had. And a lot of the fighters, Marty McSorley and them ended up wearing them. But uh, yeah, you're playing with a guy that's your hero. And I was actually, there, there was a period of time I get to play on the same line with the flower. And, uh, which I don't know what the hell the coach was thinking about then, but yeah, yeah. So I'm playing with him and, uh, to sit in the room though, and to think at one time you're sitting down and you're probably in your pajamas watching TV and Guy Lafleur sitting there flying down the wing, scoring big goals. And now you're looking across the room and there he sits and it just, it's just, a an amazing experience. Amazing experience. I think it was twists that we had on and he talked about back in the day especially in Quebec, some of those airplanes you guys had to hop on to go places. <laughs> it was like scary times. We, we, there was a, well, and plus you're, you know, you're uh, people up in Canada realize this cause you get lots of snow up there, but we were in Quebec. So you go, you play in the old Adams division. So you're taking, you know, those prop planes and you'd fly to Buffalo. You would fly to Hartford. You would fly to Montreal or we, you know, you bus up to Montreal, whatever they chose to do. And then, you, but you'd fly to Toronto to those games. I know Toronto wasn't in the Adams at the time, but you just all that little area, Buffalo, Boston, that's where you'd fly. And the, the one flight we were coming home, from, God, it's either Hartford or Buffalo. And we're all sitting on the plane and it's snowing out pretty, pretty quite a bit. It was a big snow coming down and like these planes, you know, uh, I don't think they'd land nowadays. They, these suckers wouldn't, but that, that plane come down and I, I can remember sitting there on the plane. Everyone was joking around, you know, you, cause you'd come down on planes and there was turbulence and 
um, you know, bumps here and there. And we were coming down, and I remember the one time we were coming down, and we're, we must have we were getting close to the ground, and the visibility you couldn't even you'd look out the window and it's snowing. And then by the time you got to near the bottom, it was something opened up where you were able to see the runway, and Joe Sackick was sitting on the window, and I I can remember this like as if it was yesterday. Joe Sackick he said we're gonna miss the runway, and. Oh, when Joe, right as Joe finished that saying, the plane took a hard left turn and it just like it went like that and come back down and landed on the runway. And there we got off that plane, went out and back in the day, we had to wait for our bags to come through, even though it was a charter plane. But we had to get our bags. There wasn't a word said to the next morning by anybody, not one word. Everyone I, I, it was a, probably one of the scariest moments I ever had on a plane, but that's, it was coming. I remember Joe to this day saying, we're going to miss the runway and the plane just took a hard left and we ended up making it, but you're right. Those, those puddle jumpers, boy, that was, uh, that was something else. Did Guy, did Guy rip darts on the plane? Um, I, did he get, he might've been able to do it at the back cause you know, he's flower, so he could get away <laughs> with whatever he wanted on whatever he wanted. I know in the, in the locker room in between periods, he'd go to the back. Like he wouldn't do it in the middle of the dressing room <laughs> or anything like that. He'd always go back to where in Quebec we had a, where our training room was and that and all the sticks and sauna and everything was, he'd go back in between periods and it happened between periods, but <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't be surprised if he could sneak on the plane back there. Cause he could do whatever he wanted to do. You know, I, he might hey, be able to pull that off. Just like senior hockey. <laughs> just like senior hockey. <laughs> One guy, one guy we got to ask you about before we wrap up. I mean, you had almost 100, I think, 100, near 100 fights in the NHL, but one guy you did line up against, you've called him the toughest guy uh, to ever play, Bob Probert. Talk about uh, talk about the first time you, you fought Bob or you knew you were going to fight him. And well, A I, guy like that, do you, do you go into the game? I guess maybe this is a bit of a question. Do you go into the game knowing I'm going to fight Probert tonight? Yeah, yeah. No, I knew that was coming because I'd, I'd, I'd fight Troy, Troy Crowder that year when I was with Quebec. And uh, that's when Crowder had come into the league and he did good against Bob uh, in the first fight, I think. And um, so that was where all the media hype was behind Bob. And so, or not Bob, but behind Crowder. And so then I get a chance to get to Crowder probably before Bob gets his rerun with him or before really any, he, you know, Crowder went into Philadelphia and he'd beat up a couple guys there. He was really, he's on a, quite a role. Craig Cox. So I, I did really well against Crowder. So I'm coming we're playing to try. I get traded to St. Louis, and that's so you're in the Norris division with the Red Wings are there, we're there, the Minnesota, all these Chicago Blackhawks. So that's the reason they trade for you, because um, so you you know what's going on. But I the only thing is when I I know I'm going to fight him. I don't really. It's not that I don't know how tough Bob Prober was, but we there's not a lot. We we don't have the video that you got nowadays where you can see what the hell's going on. We just there was a, we might get a VCR tape sent to us and you might be able to watch something, but you didn't really have much. So I didn't really know much about how he fought or I, I know he was tough. I knew that. Um, and then as the game goes on though, I start the game. The only thing that sort of happens to me, Dennis Vial, he play in the game. He wants to fight. So I end up fighting Dennis Vial first. I get, you know, I go a pretty long fight, maybe 45 seconds long and come out of the penalty box. I go right back on the ice and I'm Proby's there and he comes to hit me and I know he's coming to hit me and I throw the gloves off and um, I, I don't do very well with them, but I, I just, I start out the fight and then he just took over. I didn't have the stamina to hang with him. And 
um, you know, they never knocked me down or anything. He wasn't, he wasn't a guy that was like fighting a Dave Brown or a, a twister that could throw really hard punches. He, he made you look really bad. And um, I got a chance to fight him again when I was with the, I was in camp with Phoenix uh, and I, I, I didn't beat him, but I have, I have a pretty good fight with him the second go around. I, the first half of it, we were going pretty good at it. And I started getting off balance a little bit, but, um, but, but he's the, to, to see what that man did um, every night, answer the bell because everyone was coming his way and to to, to, yeah. to win like he won. It, it, and I'm talking his Detroit days. You know, Chicago, when he gets a, a little different, when, you know, you get some bigger guys like LaRock and all these big guys start coming around, these six, seven guys start coming around. He, you know, they Bob doesn't uh, he doesn't dominate like he did when he was in Detroit and, and whatever else is going on in Detroit. He, but he uh, – he was just that when he was in Detroit, though. Just to if, if you ever talk about fighting, and that's just the that's the crown jewel right there. What that man did there, because he was answering the bell every goddamn night. Every goddamn. Did you night. get to know him? I, I I played with him in Chicago just for a brief period of time. He they'd signed him in Chicago um, when he went through all the you know he got out of all of his troubles and everything, and he was coming back. And so Chicago signed him. I was in Chicago, so I was there for a training camp with him and everything. So I got to know him. Yeah, great guy, great guy. There's just you know that's not a, you know most hockey players are, they're, they're all the same. It's just the same stereotype. They're they're all good people and they're there for the same reason. You know they're wanting, they're having fun and they're. You got to play uh, in St. Louis with Brad Hall and you know the stories on Holly and and what kind of guy he was and a, and a character along with his his father. Um, you know, did you and Brett get along? You know did. You know what kind of guy was he when you played there, and you know, it seems like such a party animal. Yeah, he was. He was there, and when when, when I was here, uh, and obviously uh, Chaser's on here with you guys, but you know Chaser's really good friends with Holly, and they sort of they sort of stick together like glue quite a bit. But we you know we'd go out. We we had a great team. We, we that's the year when I was here in St. Louis. We had a uh, uh, I think notes. Chicago Blackhawks were one hundred six, and I think we had one hundred five. We were second in the league, and. Holly has 86 goals and you got Adam Oates and, uh, you know, Scotty Stevens, you know, you just, but we all, back then it was, I think hockey was, and I, and I, I'm not going to talk here in the wrong way, but I think hockey was a lot tighter back then in the groups. You, you know, you got into towns and you went out together. Yeah. You, you had beers together. You went and you had fun. And that's what Holly was all about. Holly, but, but Hollywood people, he always got a bad rap because you know, Holly would come on the ice and they say but that man went to the, that's when hooking was going on, you know, and all this stuff. And that, that man, he went through a lot of war, man. He, he would get ran on, especially in the playoffs. They'd go after him. And because when you're in the playoffs, you can't do much to protect the man. He's sort of on his own because there's a, so much on the line. And guys are hooking him and shadowing him. And, and he would just put the puck in the net and then go out and have some beer and <laughs> come back and do it again. I, and. I, it's amazing. Another guy who wasn't very big, and you got to play with him too, and and same kind of thing. He took a beating. Former guest of the show, Jeremy Roenick. Like he, oh, yeah. he wasn't a very big guy, but man, did he put his nuts on the line? But he he was this. You know what, Jr. and Jr. was he's a really good friend of mine, and I still I'll still talk to Jr. When I hung out in Chicago, though, he was uh, one of the guys we'd get on the planes and we would uh, play cards together. Kevin Todd, who played in Prince Albert with me, he was Todder was with us and. Um, we'd go, we'd land and we'd go out and we'd have fun together and play hockey games. And, but when you come to the rink to play games, you knew what you're coming to play. And Jr. 
Um, how this guy is not in the Hall of Fame is beyond my imagination. I, I, I just I just say that it's crazy because the way, the way he played the game, scoring 50-some goals, you know, put he he would run his head right through the bloody glass for for just just to win, and and he was just he was a great guy to me. I I never got never got to ask anybody that played with this guy. It, it, obviously, he seemed as smooth on the ice as he probably was off the ice, but not a very big guy. But Chris Chelios, oh boy, that's that's probably one of if you if, if I ever made a top five of all players that I played with, he's on it. Really, it's just uh, yeah, he he would when he played in Chicago. Off the ice, um, he would do anything for you, anything. Like, if you needed anything, he was there to do it for you. <laughs> he would play – he would play, Christ, 40 minutes a game uh, against the best best line all the time. Um, he, he, he was a guy, too, that would, you know, just like Holly, you go out. Uh, he wasn't as – he wasn't into – he wasn't as big a drinker as, uh, as Holly was, but he would go out, and then he'd come and show up. and, and But he would come up and – we when when we did bag skates, you know, when we we're in Chicago, whether Hall, whether Chelly was out till three or whatever he was, he'd come on the ice and, and you couldn't beat him in a drill. Him him and Gary Suter, and Suter was a you know he was a fitness thing and he you know I don't know if Suits ever drank a beer but he was just total into fitness. But those guys there when you were getting bag skated, they're they're at the top of the ladder and that's how they led and that's how Chelly was. He would show up and it was just the ultimate team guy that, mm-hmm. and I think, and, and I, and I, and I'm not going to put words into his mouth or anything, but he comes through the Montreal Canadian organization when he starts out and Guy Lafleur and them are there. And I, you, you, probably those guys in Montreal, Larry Robinson and all them probably would have molded Chelly into what he become. Cause he was the ultimate leader on and off the ice, wherever he went to. The back half of your career, you play in the NHL for I think seven years or so, and then you're you're in the minors for the last seven years. How hard was it to grind? You know, after riding the the planes with Ronick and the boys playing cards, all of a sudden you're down in the minors, and I assume on the ice it's every night there's young guys that want to challenge you to dethrone well, you kind of thing. Or I, I I'll tell you what, when I first went down to the minors, so I'm in uh, IHL, and I go to uh, I'm, I play in Kansas City. Um, for the blades and I played in San Antonio in the eye. So I had to fight down there. That was, uh, you know, and, and Manitoba, I was in Manitoba also for just a short period of time, but I was there. That was, you know, you're still on the role to, you had a role to play you. That's what your role was. So when I got to, so that, that was for like two years. I think I play in the IHL, uh, maybe, maybe three, uh, two or three. And then I end up going down to these other leagues down there, the Whipple and the United hockey league and that, but, and, and this is people have asked me this question, guys, and I'm, I'm just being straight up honest with you. When I played in those leagues down there, and I don't care if I rode the bus, and I don't care if I didn't make that much money or whatever, dude. That is when I had my most fun playing hockey after, including the NHL and everything, because I was actually able to play the game. And it wasn't like when I was playing the in the NHL for the seven years or whatever. Very few times were you playing on a regular shift, because like I said before, you were there to play a role. Every team had a fourth line that had two or three tough guys on it or whatever, and that's a, that was your role. And so you were doing a lot of fighting. But when I got down there and I I, I played in uh, for the Missouri River Otters, uh, I played in Peoria for a little bit. I was down in Arkansas, just places that you wouldn't even imagine hockey being played at, Shreveport. But I was playing all the time, and I was scoring goals. And, you know, I was, had 29 goals in the United Hockey League. It was, sort of reminded me back of when I played junior, and you run into a couple old guys like – 
Lonnie Loach, who had played a little a brief period with LA Kings and that. He was playing with me with the River Otters and Eric Morano had a brief brief stint with Vancouver. But we we were all 30 years old and playing down here and getting to play hockey, scoring goals, putting up points. And guys, we had guys, other guys like there's a guy, Marty Melnichuk, and if you know a lot about minor hockey league players, Marty was a tough guy and we had him on our team. And so he Marty would fight the guys that were trying to come up and make a name for themselves. And so I didn't even have to worry about that stuff at that point in time. Love for the love of the game, right? Yeah, for the love of the game. Yep. We we ask a lot of guys this question. What's the guiltiest you ever remember playing? The guiltiest? Um, probably, I would guess it would have been when we were in Quebec. Uh, we, yeah, it is Quebec. We we played a game, and this is when the, the Russian team would come through. Oh, yeah. And the Russians would have a, they'd go play all these teams. Not, not like, not not from the not that team that the Flyers played like the really good Russian team. It was it was a it was like a Moscow Dynamo a and those guys. Yeah, yeah, like those guys there. So they were coming through playing everybody. So we'd played the night before, and we were going to play them at noon on a Sunday. <laughs> and uh, we, we there, there's a few of us that were, got cut out a little too long. And uh, that that was that was a tough one there. That was a tough one. A con- conquest senior special a Sunday at <laughs> Sunday at noon. Uh, um, ra- rapid fire here is how we usually end these, Darren. Just some quick uh, quick questions. Uh, I guess Brandon, you maybe started off with Shane's first one. Yeah. So staple of the other guy who's not with us, he always asks, "What's your uh, favorite road barn?" And favorite road city. So those could be two different ones. Favorite road barn to play in in the NHL. Favorite road city to be in in the my, NHL. Mine was uh, the favorite. My, the favorite barn was, will always probably be the Chicago Stadium. When they uh, when Mesner we used to sing the songs there, and uh, that was just that there. And, and I got to play. You know, when you, the original six teams were on. I know you're on rapid fire. I'm sorry about that, guys. But <laughs> no you're the Boston Garden. The old Toronto Maple Leaf, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, the, all those places where they were that you got to grow up watching on TV and then you got to play in them. People always talk about the hot dogs in Montreal in the press <laughs> box back in the day. Were they just as good in Quebec? They, they're called Shen Shows, as I think is what we call them, isn't it? Shen Shows. Yeah. And yeah, you would uh, you would run up there to Quebec and if you sat out, you didn't really, <laughs> it wasn't too disappointing because you go up and have about six of them. But And then you'd hit to the bar at the Dago Bear and have some poutine after. So it was a pretty good night. Here's a, here's a, here's one from left field. Do you remember uh, your co-op number in Lucky Lake? No, I no, that's I wasn't big. No, that's not me. That's <laughs> but I understand what you're saying there. Yes, no. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, I I'll have two brothers that have a number, though. I know that. Yeah. Uh, NHL pugilists who hit the hardest. Um, twist. God, I, I never fought Joey Kosher, and I, everyone says that Joey probably was the guy there, but. Uh, Twister and Dave Brown were probably the two guys that that I ever fought that probably were the guys that those are the ones that hit the hardest. Favorite coach? Favorite coach? Oh, boy. Um, I, you know, Robbie Fatorik goes up there. Rick Wilson from Prince Albert, though, he, he just helped me uh, in a lot of ways. He, you know, he's trying to straighten me out, getting out of the bar fights and everything. But uh, but Robbie Fatorik, I, I, everyone said, like, I know he had a bad go with Gretzky and that out in L.A. and everything, but. Uh, Robbie Fatorik and Michelle Bergeron were probably two of the guys that were, were good to me. Derek, and Brian Sutter was good to me too. Brian was. 
one thing I always like to ask former tough guys, and we can this can just be a rapid fire, but do you watch the NHL today? And if so, what would be one word you'd use to describe the game? Uh, I, I do not watch much of it anymore. No, I don't. I, and that's the reason I don't watch. I know you're, you keep saying rapid fire. You don't like my long answers, do you? Um, <laughs> They're good. Fine. But I, the, reason, the reason I don't watch it much on uh, the NHL is because I'm, I'm, I'm too busy with my son. I'm going all the time and I just don't get a lot of time to watch it. What I do watch of it, it's the, the game's just changed so much. It's just, it's something that I, I never grew up with and I never played like that. And it's, it's a different game. And the, I'll just say change. Change is huge. My last one, you come back to Saskatchewan, let's say it's next week or whatever. What is something that you must have as soon as you get here? Maybe it's a beer, maybe it's a food. What, what must you have when you come back to Saskatchewan? Well, uh, the, the, my favorite food, I will, my mom will have it, will be cabbage rolls. I will be getting those. My mom makes them good. But anytime I ever go back to, I get, when I land in Canada, I have to get a bag of ketchup chips, Heinz ketchup chips. I have to get a caramel chocolate bar, and I have to get a thing of chocolate milk. And then maybe later on in the day, I'll get a Canada dry. That was the cat's meow back then. Old Dutch. Old Dutch is what we roll. It's still oh, out no, here. Oh, that's what it was. It was Old Dutch. Old Dutch. What am I saying? Thank you. for You know what? You're correcting me all the time here. It is Old Dutch. Yes, that was uh, they had way more ketchup in it than these uh, other characters. Exactly. Ketchup chips in a box, right? Like, oh, yeah, the yeah, two, the two bags. To, when I had, when I was, uh, when I was a kid, my hand was pretty well red all the time because I'd be sitting in that damn bag of chips all the time with a grape soda. Uh, Darren, this was so awesome, man. Thanks, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could go on forever here. Thanks so much for joining us on the Monday Nooner. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, guys. It's nice talking. It, it's it's kind of you're talking to guys that uh, probably know more about hockey than 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 I do, and I played the damn game. But you guys, you know, it's nice to talk to people that know what's going on, and I, I think the. I think the history of the game, uh, especially where I'm at, people don't know much about It's just not followed that much. And with talking to guys that grow up in small towns or I, I don't, you know, Saskatoon, every, I know it's a city or whatever, but everybody knows what's going on and they, they, they just live the game. And that that's the biggest thing that probably I've been down here for 20 years now. And you just that, that going to a coffee shop, going somewhere, to a rink and having a one of those good old cheeseburgers or whatever they have at those rinks, you know, those old small town rinks. Talking hockey with people that know what the hell's going on is just it's it, I could sit here and talk all day about that stuff. Right on. Just so you know, the Lucky Lake Lakers are still competing in the Sask Valley Hockey League senior men. Yeah, they yeah. they are, and I, I I don't. Someone cups someone put on Twitter. That's where I get most of my information about anything like that. It was on Twitter about some about Dinsmore or something and. Uh, there's a couple Cowboys back in uh, Dinsmore my brother used to rope with, and um, I see his stuff on there. I always tease a little bit. Lucky Lake will get the better of him this year or whatever, but well, I don't know if they got a good team, though. They're, Lucky Lake is 0-12, but they might yeah. need you to come back and rough some guys up in the new year. They've they changed that around so much, though, haven't they? they they got they got teams way out of everywhere now, don't they? Like, you used to be in Kyle, Dinsmore, and Outlook, and – Beachy. That league's still pretty much that area. Rosetown, yeah, Kennesaw. Rosetown, Rosetown, Delisle. When I was there, Rosetown and Delisle were sort of out in their own little ball game. They weren't sort of into the progress or into into our game. If we were going that way, you'd have to play provincial hockey to ever go to run into Rosetown or Delisle. They, we, we would be in Kyle, Beachy, Outlook, uh, and that's you know we get to Lorburn a little bit, but we, uh, yeah, Delisle and those boys were they were sort of in another another tier. Thanks so really much, Darren. It. Appreciate it, guys. Bye-bye.
Take care. Take care. Thank you. I knew they were going to be a bit of a wagon. Interview wrap-up this week for 2020 Geo Maddox, Malcolm Van Stone, giving him a little plug here on the show this week. Old Mel, I know he uh, ran into him at one of the last Pats games, actually, had a little cocktail with him, and he's been out buzzing around. And, and uh, yeah, when it comes to land surveying or subdivision, why wouldn't you get the local company to do it? 2020 Geomatics. If you have any questions, call him and he'll tell you all about it. I want to drink with Malcolm at a Pats game. Tell yeah, he's like, happened. come up. I'm in this box. So I go up into the box and like he was in somebody else's box. And yeah, it was, uh, you could tell they had had a couple. Casino couple more than me, maybe. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know whose box it is. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I just, he's like, do you want a drink? And I'm like, yeah. Drink this guy's booze. But oh, he's a good uh Good guy. And Malcolm, actually, we've got something in common. We both have sisters that live in Las Vegas. Just found that out. So, Las Vegas. That's a big hey, connection. Shane, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. And if you heard the interview, this will make sense. Do you remember your uh, co-op number from when you were a kid? 11436. Hey, that was oh. it. 11436. Never forget it. Because Big yeah, Lair, you're going down, Big Lair, get the, make sure you put it on the co-op number. Make sure you remember the co-op number. Yeah, 11436. Never forget it. Lair and Vals. I, uh, I came up with that question late. I'm surprised we haven't asked more guys that. When you think about it, you know, like so many guys that we've had. Yeah. From back in the day, for sure. What's your, like, there, Brandon, you remember yours, obviously, probably just used it last yeah, week. Yeah, 3133, and then about 10 years ago, they put a two in front, so it was 23313. Like, they added a digit in Wilkie, I don't know, it was, yeah, I don't know why. Buzzing in Wilkie, that's why. Ran out of numbers up there. I use mine all the time now, every yeah. day. I got one. I, I use my shirt co-op one, and Regina for sure. But again, good, good interview. Uh, like we said, a lot of name drops there. Goes through the journey as well. He was actually, it's funny because he talks about, yeah, I had some tweet about like senior hockey and I saw it and I followed it and, and I'm pretty sure that was probably us, Darren. And now he's fallen. <laughs> now he's fully on board. He gets what we're doing here. He's like, I like it because some of the old teams are still around. And yeah, it was good. Great interview. Really nice guy. Weapon. Hey, let's get into our senior hockey segment of the show. Of course, senior hockey Brought to you by Sport Clips. When it's time to get the salad cut, do it at Sport Clips. Great pricing. I think you get a free uh, free haircut belts, don't you? If you're a first-time customer, if you're a returning customer, it's a free massage, head massage. MVP treatment and a hot towel, yeah. So if you're returning, you get a free MVP. If you're first-time, hey, why wouldn't a guy? You got nothing wouldn't to lose. Go, go in on a Tuesday afternoon, watch a little European soccer yeah. on the TV and... Uh, don't Solid gotta cut. About, don't gotta worry about watching World Juniors. So darts. that'll be on. Watch and, uh, darts on uh, TSN four while you get your salad cut. Have a beer, maybe. I don't know. They serve beer there. I don't know. Mm-mm. No, no brews. Bring, so. bring your own. See what they say. Just <laughs> bring a sixer in there. <laughs> get some G dubs and away we go. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was great. I went out a little. Do I need another one here? I got the grays coming back in again, so I have to go for another one. Yeah, so senior hockey talk this week. Pretty light around the province throughout the holidays. There was some games kind of sprinkled throughout some of the leagues. Obviously, this upcoming weekend, everyone will be back uh, full on into it. So look forward to that. We will have a mini kind of short, shortened senior hockey show tomorrow with an updated top 10. But uh, yeah, for this week, maybe guys, just senior hockey player of the week. Yeah, we kind of scoured the leagues. This I think this is our first time 
We're going to go to the Saskatchewan Prairie Hockey League. Correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, one game, Tuesday, December 21st, was a cold night. Miota was visiting Purdue. But you figured that game wasn't in Purdue, right? Because it was. I was giving away the easy wrap uh, things, Boz, and you said they in were... In Bigger. said Jubilee Center. Oh, yeah. So they played, uh, they played in Bigger. And uh, Purdue, Miota went at it. Purdue dressed like... 37 guys like when i look at the roster andrew busby good for buzz playing there pointless though that's not good for purdue <laughs> miota won eight two and uh yeah we're gonna give it to number nine good number he's got to be a good player calvin Koska. is that how we say it i think he nailed it i think he nailed it too you you must be so excited to give it to your team this is your kind of your boys it's your new squad i want to know how everything's coming along with the paraphernalia that they're getting uh, made. But yeah, Miota, there you go. First uh, venture into the Prairie Hockey League. I think he's from Lloyd, actually. The name is somewhat familiar. I think he's maybe born and raised in Lloyd, Vegas, but uh, playing for the Bynes now. So, so what did he have, but What do you have, Barney? Two goals, one assist. Just just steady. look like just look like a steady guy, though. I bet you. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's a f- Maybe he is flashy. I don't know. But plus two, plus two, probably because you know he didn't back check it near the end of the game when they got their second one. You well, know they're already up by seven. It was eight one already. Had had to take the one minus. But yeah, no, we like those guys for sure. So there we go, Miota combines. I don't know how we're going to get him the tarp because shipping with Canada Post is such a pain in the balls. I have to get him to reach out because I'll be back up that way at some point. Like I won't have it for you next week, there, Cal. But. Uh, if you can hang on for a couple of weeks, I'll probably be buzzing up uh, that way. Um, I think, what was I going to say? Something about, uh, doesn't matter. Where do they play out of? Do they play out of North Battleford? Yeah, I would say they do. Yeah. I don't think they have a barn at Miota. It's more of a destination, uh, summertime destination. Although I heard the fish are biting out there this year. More of a golf course kind of place. <laughs> that's on Jackfish Lake for anybody that's. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, awesome. There's Miota and Metanota and. A lot of people from my area go up there for the summer. And some EIEIOs. Maybe they play out of the Don Ross. I'm not sure. Oh, my. That's at the top of the hill in North Battleford. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember playing minor hockey tournaments there. Don Ross. Tropical Inn wasn't too far away. Grab a. Right. It was like right there. Flapjack at Smitty's. And then head to the Don Ross. You know it. Like, you know it. Shins. And if it was, it was, and it was really cold out, and you didn't play good the day before. Barry Flickle and Matt, he'd make you walk. <laughs> Get going. Walk over. You're just frozen. Shins are all banged up from falling on those water slides into that metal yeah. grater. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so when I uh, when I went to high school, we used to go, we used to go to Humpty's in North Battleford. Every weekend, like 3 a.m. Death wish. Get all banged up and then uh, have a sober driver to haul ass into Battleford. But anyway, there was a gal that worked there every weekend, 3 a.m., Rhonda. Anyway, it was just an ongoing joke. Go see Rhonda every weekend. So anybody listening from that area, shout out to Rhonda at Humpty's. People will will know what I'm talking about. Did you rock a scrambler? What What would you get? Yeah, I like the Mexican pan scrambler. Yeah. What's the... Uh, yeah, Humpty Bangers, the odd time if I was really feeling frisky. Soak up the booze at 3 a.m. Uh, get real tired, and you get really tired after that, too. Don you Ross. would soak up the booze. You're starting to settle in for the night. 
By the way, they don't play out of the Don Ross. They play out of the Battleford Arena. I was going to say, I and I played senior out of there year like few not but as a kid I remember that rink because we always used to go get shit pumped by uh Hodgins' dad. What was his name? Don. Don Hodgins. Hodgy used to listen to the program. I don't know if he does anymore. His dad the ba- yeah. the Battleford Barons. Yeah, we used to battle them hard. And they always make, you know, Hunter's Trailer Marine, right? We've talked about it before. Just made sense to cruise through there, see what they had for twigs on special. You never know what else they I had. Like always, I remember we go through a few times, Martin, and we grabbed some uh, those wood water skis for the summer. Just Jack couldn't wait to hit the hit the pond in the summer. Laren Val, new ski rope. New ski rope, reduce some skiing on the water this summer. Well, we might as well hit everything pick, there. Pick one up. What's this new thing called a ski biscuit? I wonder how that is. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. That's the uh, player of the week. By the way, teams, when you get fired back up this weekend, do us, uh, us a favor and do yourselves a favor. Send us your uh, nominees for the player of the week. Helps us streamline the process. I don't read game sheets anymore. Big Six needs to get their shit figured out. That's all they post is game sheets. And these are the guys chicken scratch you can't even read. So send us your nominees. That'll help us uh, narrow it down and maybe win your your guy at TARP. But Player of the Week brought to you by Richie Brothers Auctioneers. Guys, I uh, want to give a quick plug to a big sale I've got coming up. It's been keeping me rather busy here. Uh, January 25th and 26th in Torquay, Saskatchewan. Got a big farm sale. All the equipment, but 61 quarters of farmland going to be selling via unreserved auction. So I've been getting calls from all over, from people from places you wouldn't even think of. It's it's a, it's a the biggest unreserved farm auction we've had with Richie Brothers. So wow. check it out. In the world. In the world, like you're, the whole farm. Okay. Farm auction. Okay. Not wow. auction in general, just, right. just on the farm. So, yeah. If anybody's looking for some land, maybe the Nooner Corp will have to buy up a quarter although Double i don't quarter, think yeah. is it on is it and that's all online right it is it's all happening via timed auction but yeah it's going to be i'm going to be busy for the next three weeks just uh fielding calls and such so I just check like it to, out i just like to tune in when they're like they just give her on there and you listen i love those auctioneers and they could just give her it's the best but you know it's the worst when you're emceeing an event like as a media personality or whatever yeah and they get you to do the charity auction i've had to do that so many times like when i worked in radio it's like can you auction off this uh whatever this wife (laughs) oh it's the worst (laughs) we're having a key party uh, anyway, yeah, that's I uh, wanted to hey, give that sale a quick plug. That's awesome. Again, they they sponsor the player of the week. And then the shirts are sponsored by our friends at Last Mountain Distillery. Holiday season is over. I know everyone was uh, indulging around these parts and, and the Last Mountain thing. But, yeah, it's uh, Caesar season around the corner, I hear. It's coming. It's always Caesar season. It's always Caesar season. Let's get into our take a seat. You guys want to go into take a seat? Should We're we do tiring. that first? I don't care. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go whichever one you want. Well, let's do uh, let's do take a seat for the rusty shovel. Sean Stefan. Anybody been chatting with him? I know he's been attending all the Pats games I've seen on Twitter, but I'm sure he's tough to buzzing keep up at to the him. shovel too. Tough to keep up to him, man. No, he hasn't been buzzing at the shovel. I think they've been uh, he gave the employees some time off. Like that's just the kind of guy he is, right? Everybody had the Christmas season off. They're gonna be back at her. I think this week, but tough to keep up to him. He's always buzzing. He's always at a rink or he's at uh, Sky Park or he's in, 
eating a rink burger somewhere. He's just buzzing that guy. He's, just He's a buzzsaw. Of, yeah, big ball of energy, absolute beauty. And uh, yeah, they're buzzing this week because me and him are going to get together, drive some bobcats, I think, and clear some snow up here in the north end of Regina one of these days. So yeah, the rusty shovel. Barney, you want to go? You want to start? Take a seat. You got one? Yes. Hockey Canada has this idea a few years ago that I wasn't in the board meetings, whatever they wanted to do, they figured out that uh, half-ice hockey was better for novice kids. I don't know if it's a touching the puck more, it's a chance to smaller ice games because that's the new that's the new buzzword with smaller ice games or whatever, drills. So that's what they went with. Fine, got to live with it. I've had both kids go through it. So Hockey Regina, that you put half-ice hockey games at the co-op center, and there's no bump, there's no boards, let alone board. There's no bumper. Like, you know those little foam bumpers? Nothing. So they make these poor coaches in their skates chase pucks like they're circus animals. Yeah, it's a joke. So here's here's the deal. Don't tell me this is that hard because it can't be. Schedule all those novice games at like three or four rinks around the city. Make sure those rinks have bumpers. There you go. Yeah. Problem solved. It is massively, and I don't even know if people in Hockey Canada know, but this wasn't what they expected. To just say, yeah, just whatever, put them there. Well, fuck, just let them play in the parking lot then if you don't really care. Take yeah. a seat. Well, and on the heels of that, Barney, I just want to say, like, I never even realized up until this year, like, how much of an absolute shit show it is. Like, it is unreal. And even Hockey Regina, like, I got Sam's doing some stuff with with Mike Reach and those guys now. They're doing some skates. And, like, we went to one yesterday. And it's it is it was, it was eye-opening for me, like, having eight guys on the ice that have all played at the WHL level or higher dads running these drills for these kids, like, it, it, it's just crazy. Like Sam had so much fun yesterday because it was, he loves the game and it's like high level, go, go, go. You know, and you take back to hockey Regina with that stuff. It's just, uh, yeah, it's painful. And I, it's so painful. I'm sure there's some guys that are doing good work and they put in good time there or ladies or whatever, but the kids deserve better from you yeah. for this. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, Hey, my take a seat. I'm going to start. I got two, but my first one is for myself. Listen to this story, fellas. I we went off to the lake yesterday or two days ago. We went we had a day, so we went off to the lake, had to be home by about eleven. Megs had hockey and then Sam had his skate yesterday. So we get home about ten. We need to get ready to rock. Said to my wife, Where's Sam's equipment? She says, What do you mean? I saw that. She she says, What do you mean? I said, Well, where's his equipment? It's in the garage. It's not in the garage. It's no, I am flipping freaking out. I can't find it. Like he's got a goddamn skate in two hours. Go down to his buddy Nixon's because Nixon had to grab his equipment out of our garage the other day because they were skating. They went skating and it's not in there. I went over to his other buddy Elliot's, not in there. I'm like, oh my god! So I put something on like the Lakewood Lake uh, Lake Ridge neighborhood watch thing, and some lady's like, yeah, I got it. I got that bag right here. And somebody ran it over though, and I was like, oh my god! So like, I'm thinking, well, how the hell? Did some Shannon's like, well, somebody broke into the garage. And I'm like, and just took Sam's hockey bag. Doesn't make any sense. Wedding year. So we we go and look at the name. The neighbors on this one side of us, they got video. I'm like, hey, uh, can I look at your video cameras? They're like, yeah, for what? I said, does someone break it up? Well, you see my truck. Shanna put the equipment there. My truck hooked it. I drug it out, 
drove it down the street, fell off. I ran it over. I looked, sure as shit, my one mud flap bent right up. Yeah, I totally freaking nothing was wrecked. The bag was destroyed. All Sam's gear was deadly. You so, drove uh, over his bag and didn't even realize? No, didn't even realize. Chevy's nice shocks on him. From Rosetown, just deadly. Did little bump. I thought it was just like a piece of ice or something in the road. Like, dunk, dunk. Yeah, I kept going. S. Yeah. S. Hey, anyway, so hey, before you say them, so shout out to Sherry Lip up Let's in our see. end of town here. Yeah, on Gusway. She found it for me and kept it. And uh, yeah, man, frick, I appreciate that so much. I phoned her and thanked her so much yesterday. But a little shout out to her. So take a seat, Shane, for doing that. <laughs> Parked, uh, you know, the Brant Center, right? Boz yeah. skated there. I don't know if the kids have. So sometimes the guys park on the ramp at night, that, that one little ramp there. So the one night uh, in the SUV, this is about four years ago, put my bag in the back really late, boom, shut the door, door's not shutting, I whatever, go get home all the way to Lake Ridge, live right by you, right? Open yeah. up the back of the vehicle, no hockey bag. I'm <sighs> like, holy fuck, what do I That's do? Jet back there, I'm like, I don't know. And I'm looking at there's guys playing after. They're like, no, you didn't leave your bag here. Like, we didn't see a bag anywhere. So I happened to just find this Evraz employee. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was down. You know where that new McDonald's is? Yeah. I drug it all the way to there, around there. And he was just doing, he happened to be doing the lot circle oh, around wow. then. And not not whatever, but you know, like skates are five, oh, yeah. 500 bucks. Oh, my God. Yeah, he picked it up. He had it. Same thing. <laughs> so when, when I saw you did that, I'm like, dude, did you drag it? And then that lady already said that. So <laughs> yeah, funny. yeah, I ran her I, over. Uh, I was talking to my uncle over Christmas. He lives in Battleford, and he went to get groceries at the co-op, and he didn't lock his SUV. And whatever, went to grab milk and bread or something. Gets home like eight hours later. He's driving with my auntie, and they hear stuff shuffling around in the back. <laughs> So she's like, I thought you brought the groceries in. He's like, I did. Anyway, there was like two hundred dollars worth of groceries in the back of his vehicle. <laughs> Somebody put him in the wrong. Somebody like loaded up the wrong vehicle. They don't. He doesn't know for sure. Like somebody must have thought it was their vehicle. Stop the car. Oh. Wow. Anyway, he went to take it back. Like there was no receipt with the co-op number on it. Oh. There's no receipt, so he's like, well, so we'll just keep them. Like by that point, they had been in the car for like eight hours too. So I don't know, but. Yeah. That's all, that's anyway, funny. that made me think of that story. Take a that's seat. So uh, you got any this more? You I got, got a quick one. I got a quick I, one. I, I don't want to get too too far down this road, but take a seat to Quebec, like we talked about with the Nets. But I saw a video on Twitter last night. They are literally lining the streets with police officers on bikes and in cars because of their curfew, because of COVID, because apparently COVID doesn't show up till 10 p.m. And then it's like, everywhere but i'm like what a world that we wow. live in that you are literally using hundreds of police resources to try like it, was, it just reminded me of like a like a totally different country like bizarre it was uh, totally bizarre it was hard to believe that that was i saw that video oh. this is canada oh. i mean quebec isn't really well they are a part of canada no, you know what i mean sort but, of still like yeah. What an absolute joke that is. Take a seat. Also, Barry's top 10 Christmas songs. Take a seat. <laughs> that was good. That's good feedback good. on that. Fuck, hey, I put my, put my neck out there. You know, you got to hurt sometimes. Uh, my last take a seat were these two Karens that were at the hockey rink, and they were bitching about how there's no restrictions in Saskatchewan. 
and their kids are on the ice playing hockey. <laughs> and then this this third one, we'll call her, uh, what, what's the opposite of a Karen? And she just walked away. Because these yeah, two didn't, didn't even didn't engage. Uh, uh, it's like, I can't believe there's that restriction. I was like, oh my, uh, <laughs> fucking go go stand in front of the Zamboni, please. <laughs> take a seat. And on the heel, on the heels of that, I'm gonna finish with my take a seat. And you know, Buzz, you're talking about Twitter. Obviously, holidays, not much going on. Flipping through the phone, I don't know this person. These these people, I'm gonna say, have to take a seat. Girls and guys, the life coach. That's what they're like. Hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm a life coach. What do you mean you're a life coach? Well, I work out and I'm a life coach now. It's like, what? Like, you look terrible. Like, what do you mean you work out and you're a life coach? Like, am I a life coach? Can I just say I'm a life coach? Then, like, it's the dumbest thing ever. Go get a real job. You're not a life coach. You're an idiot. Nobody wants to listen to you. It's, Take a you, seat. you know what happens next with those people? There's, they get, they get speaking engagements at conferences. <laughs> and it's just like, did you vet this? This is, oh my God. This is garbage. It's terrible. Why would anyway, I listen to this? <laughs> they could take a seat big time. Anyway, hey, take a seat, son. Rusty Shovel. Sean Stefan, you got one there, boss? You got one no, more? No, no. I was just going to say before we get into your uh, tirade, before they blend these together, we should give a quick uh, quick plug to my life coach, Scott Murdoch from the King of Trucks. Beauty. Whenever I need some advice, I just watch his uh, videos on social media. Mainline GM and Mainline Chrysler, but just wanted to give them a quick plug as our title sponsor. You see a lot of dealerships have limited, limited inventory. They're pretty much stocked right up at the uh, Chrysler store. So if you're in the, in the market for a Dodge Jeep or a Ram, go to Rosetown. It's worth the drive every time, guaranteed to the original king of trucks. And uh, they've got some GM and Chev trucks there as well. And of course, they, uh, they're the best. So check them out in Rosetown. The King of Trust. Why don't on the heels of that? Why don't we give a, a big fat plug to our buddy Al Batters from GB Construction because he was the one. If everyone saw those wagon tarps, the Canada ones that we were giving out, and still have a few, and unfortunately they canceled. So some <laughs> oh jeez, some Dugs and Karens got together and canceled the tournament. They're still deadly though. Uh, thanks, Al and GB Construction. They were the uh, they were responsible for that. We came up with the design, and they purchased them and said, "Give these out, uh, courtesy of GB Construction." Saw a GB truck this morning. I went a little, little hot into one of the corners of the ice. I was like, nee, 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 nee. Yeah, I was kind of like stuck in the middle, and he just slowed down, let me go, and GB Construction truck, couple of beauties. Thanks everyone at GB. Hey, before we wrap belts, I think it's belts this week. You said you got a tirade uh, for high tech profiles. 25 years in Regina, new second location in Saskatoon. They do a bunch of steel processing, manufacturing. They got a they got a lot on the go there. Steel processing or fabricating? Custom metal fabrication. Custom metal fabrication is the the term I was going for. Beauties. Tube laser. They do a bunch of stuff there. Oh my god. Hire a lot of uh, local weapons. I know some of the partners used to play some junior hockey. One guy I think Scott Barnstable, is that yeah. his name? Yeah. He was on a team with one of our recent guests. Who was it now? Anyway, doesn't matter, but uh, some real Sasky weapons over there at High Tech. All right, boys. The, you know what? It's kind of funny that we're really picking on Hockey Regina this week, but I had this written down before Barney even said something. But I got to, you know, take a seat, Hockey Regina and Tyrate or whatever you want to call it. Like, it pisses me off. My daughter plays under 11 C hockey. Like, it's garbage. 
Like, let's be honest. It's terrible. She's my daughter. I'll just say it. It's terrible. She's there for the beers after. It's like she's playing wreck. But our closest game this year is a 9-2 loss. That's our closest game. We get shit pumped all the time. And we've talked to them and said, like, so what happened was is these guys got together and they evaluated the girls. We've got, like, the top, I'm going to say, 20% of the players, like, from the rankings. You know what I mean? But our coach didn't know any of the girls. He just did it to help because we couldn't get a coach. So these guys, like, sandbagged this thing. And the two other coaches I heard, not confirming, but I heard they were, like, on the evaluating committee thing. And their first picks are like the 33rd ranked and the 49th ranked girl. Like, come on, you guys. Now we're going to have, I bet you, 30% of our girls are going to quit hockey at the end of this year. We try to keep it as fun as we can, as you can when you get shit pumped 13 to 2 every game. But, uh, yeah, we've it's just such a joke. And then the last part of this was our coach actually quit. He, he just couldn't handle it anymore. He's just a great guy, but he just couldn't do it anymore. And when he talked to the lady at Hockey Regina, she verbatim said to him, I don't know what you're worried about. These girls at this level have absolutely no future in hockey anyway. Like, F right off. That's bullshit to say that. So, anyway, that's my tirade this week. Hockey Regina can suck it. So, uh, that's it. Good show. Loved it. Deep cut. Shank, what do we got? What are you taking us out with after Christmas deep cut? I'm sad that there's no Christmas carols again for now another 11 Oh, I'm devastated myself. Yeah, me too. Crushed. But show's got to go on.